Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Episode 109. We're getting close to that 110, which just sounds a lot more than 19. Yeah, I know, right? Nick's still in studio mm-hmm. celebrating his largest payday ever in the world of disc golf. I mean, yeah. excuse me. I've paid you a fair amount, but that's over the course of like a year or two. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One event, you just told me 1700 bucks, A tier yep. up in New Hampshire. Yep. How does it feel? Uh, feels awesome. It's pretty cool. I was talking to a guy, I was working at my old job today who doesn't really know anything about disc golf. And he's like, you make any money with it? I was like, yeah, funny enough, I actually just made like 1700 bucks over three days. He's like, dude, that's sick. So that's like 600 bucks a day. I said, yeah, honestly, it's like 600 bucks for three hours. Cause I mean, yeah, I drove to the day. course, I warmed up and then I played around. So over the course of five or six hours, technically. So pretty awesome though. Definitely was a great weekend. Uh, super enjoyable. Had great card mates all weekend. And uh, I don't know. When you things, slayed. When things click, they click. That's really all I can say. You slayed. This episode 109 is brought to us by Cosmic Disc Golf. Check out CosmicDG.com. Check out what they're doing. A lot of interesting things. You can purchase some disc golf products and see their cool initiatives they've got going on. Browse around all their tabs. All right. So here we are. Last week, I said my ears were ringing and some people (laughs) on like YouTube were like, oh, yeah, I feel you, bro. Been there. It'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I'm not dying. But then they're like, you need an MRI on your brain. And I'm like, my brain. Yeah, it's like (laughs) on a WebMD. No, like, really, I'm getting an MRI in like two days on my brain. Yeah, it's real. My wife's like, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, it's pretty cool. (laughs) How many people get to see their brain? Exactly. So, all right. Ugh. Evan's here, not in studio, but he is here. So we can go three of us say, what's up, Evan? What's up, everyone? Dude, on I'm your, the lonely... on your camera, there's this weird, like, lens flare, lens flare bubble Ooh. dust thing or whatever. Wipe it. <laughs> Get a wipe. No. It's... Is that better? Well, it is, but it's not better, better. It's just that you had something. Oh, on it's on lens. the camera? <clears throat> yeah. Oh. Okay. Anyways, Evan. You've been a busy man, as we all have. Things kind of took an off week of sorts. Do you feel that way? Uh, yeah, this was a relaxing weekend away from disc golf in my mind. <laughs> um, I mean, Nick Nick could argue differently, but uh, at least from following uh, the tour, uh, it was a relaxing weekend. But we're already right into it with USDGC, which we'll get into later. But the break was nice. It was nice. It was like eight days in a row when MVP comes to town, like eight days in a row of just pure pedal to the metal Mm -hmm. disc golf. So yeah, it's nice to kind of swing back down a little bit off of that. I'm trying to set up things here so Nick can see. I'm not used to him being in studio. So Nick, I'll get you set up here. You just just don't appreciate it. Don't you worry. (laughs) All right. If you're, if you're live right now, go ahead and hit like and subscribe and all that cool stuff. Your name will pop up on screen. If you subscribe tonight. Hey. All right. What's up, Evan? Oh, for real? I was yeah, going to say, as, as we're getting to, uh, Nick wins yet another A tier, his highest payday of his career at 1750 That's a nice number. Nick, when we were talking about it literally like 30 seconds before we went live, you're like, I yeah. wonder if that was my largest win of my career. Uh, and it's not, but it is an MPO. I think it's technically uh, tied for my largest. No, you got one more. That's bigger. It was uh, in MA1, though. Was it Amside? 
for MVP? Nope. Amside, Amside was 11. That ties. What was it Brewster Ridge? It was Brewster Ridge with a 13-stroke victory. Oh. Yeah, I guess when you're on, you're on. But <laughs> Yeah, right? I don't but know. yeah, 11, 11 strokes is your largest uh, margin of victory in MPO. Yep. Uh, at the... Uh, Bayville Bash earlier this year in June, you won by eight strokes. That was a B tier. Mm-hmm. And uh, earlier in May, the what is this? The Loco? Yeah, that was the Loco Open. Loco, won I won by six. six. Strokes, which I, was... I played a C tier at Farmageddon, and I think I won by 10 at that one. Or no, what did I? I don't know. Wait, I just realized Nick should have been buying pizza oh, tonight. That's... Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> wait, That's wait true. a second. The PayPal hit my account today. I was just like, dang, that feels nice. And you're working like while you're back here at like yeah. a nine to five type job, which is must be very nah, convenient. Like a f- four to six. Four to six. That's yeah. right. Blo- people yeah. that have listened to our show for a while yeah. know what you do. Yeah. yeah. They, or they remember what you yeah. did, I should say. Well, today I went out to Boston, Massachusetts, and I ran a massive track drill right next to these new kind of uh, three-decker, three-stories. And we used a brand new type of splitter I've never used, which was kind of cool. But pretty much I just ran the drill all day. I got super dusty. Drilling rocks. Yeah, exactly. Blowing up things. Remember that? Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm the safety guy. You're the guy. I blew who up some stuff up. last week. Yeah. I might this week again. I don't know yet. A lot of drilling, So though. tonight we've got Ricky Wysocki coming on in about, if we're on time, about 13 minutes from now, Ricky Wysocki. That should be interesting. We've got a few things we want to press and see what happens with uh his answers and then we're gonna give bring him into stat or fiction and then stick around it has been a long time i think it was may so may june july august september somewhere in the range of five to six months ago we did the last version of judge that disc golfer we did a live segment with it it is back tonight we have a special on top of it a special guest that is judging not ricky another guest so stick around to find out who that is and then somebody we've all never met before being the judged disc golfer. Uh, but let's go ahead and do this real quick. In all seriousness, DG Max Wax, I've used it. Uh, if you watch our recent, by the way, we haven't done a lot of those. We just uploaded uh, like a front nine, back nine, Nick, myself, Ben, Evan. Go check it out. It was uh, <laughs> not our best display of golf. Nick's like, I was, was saving it for the weekend. Yeah. I was going to say, it definitely did not show how I played this weekend. And that always happens when I start playing on camera, like for fun videos. Same for me. I'm just like, dude, everyone probably thinks I'm so trash. But like, I'm, they I'm think the same okay, about me, but I'm kind yeah. of trash. But no, but like the long story short is you'll see on that video. Yeah. I'm not lying. Like I actually go for the DG Max Wax at one point because I'm like, I need it. And then other times I needed it. It wasn't on camera, but I use it often. Mm-hmm. I didn't smell it <laughs> during the round, but I did use it. And then I think I just gave you the other snapstick. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you tried it out? Uh, I used it like the snapstick day. version. I use it that day, and then I have it. I haven't since, but I did use it that day that we were filming. Nice. This is my favorite. I know Evan, you feel differently. Your favorite's the snapstick. Why do you like the snapstick? It's just the snapstick's so easy to fit literally anywhere you want it to. If your bag doesn't have enough space, it still has enough space for the snapstick. It's true. Or in your pocket or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I love the product. We've been talking about it for a long time and it's easy for us to do. And they sell a lot. And the reason they do, thank you very much, by the way. Some, some reason, some way you guys trust us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, if they're saying it's a good product, we're going to go buy it. And we only want to ever advertise things we fully believe in. So mm-hmm. dgmaxwax.com. Code Nick and Matt, it will. It, I think it will change your game. 
at some way or another. I mean, maybe it's just going to make you feel more confident, but either way, mm -hmm. good product. All right, the look ahead. We got about mm, 10 minutes or so. I'll say 10 minutes. So Nick's, Nick's bringing in a topic called, I think. Yeah, we uh, we haven't done it in a while, but the Discura discussion. Um, finally, we don't need to do it. We don't have enough time. <laughs> do, 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 Everybody do, do, do. in yeah. their heads, though. Everybody yeah, in their heads was do, 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 Anyways, do. I'm going to shout out really quick. Discured, discured. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hoodie season. It's getting to that point, especially in New England, where it is nice and chilly. You can go check out these Discura lifestyle hoodies. They're heavier, kind of medium weight. Um, you can also get the ones with... The, for our non-listening audience, it's the Nick Carl logo. My logo's on the back of it. It's on DiscuraDG.com. Uh, uh, you can go check it out there. But anyways, for the Discura discussion tonight, I just wanted to pop up. The Pro Tour announced earlier this week the new 2023 schedule, which I thought was pretty wild because I had heard so many rumors that we were starting in Florida next year, but we're actually starting in <laughs> Vegas next year. I heard there was going to be more Silver Series events. It seems like there's less Silver Series events. There's E-plus events. Yeah. There's events that weren't even on the schedule last year that are Elite Series this year. Um, so kind of just going briefly through it, I'm just going to try to go quick. But Las Vegas Challenge, same as normal. Probably going to be a four-round event. Yes, it is. Um, Waco is still on the schedule. The Open at Austin, which is what I'm assuming is the Open at Belton. I would assume we're still it playing is, the Belton course. Huh? Nope. Same TD and staff, but it's going to be in it, Austin, I heard. Yeah, it actually shifted. Really? Mm -hmm. yep. Oh, heck but, yeah, because I'm not going to lie. <laughs> dude, the Belton course was... Your whole discussion, not, discussion is not, deflated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. that's fine. No, we, that's actually... We can talk cooler. about that next March. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Texas States was an Elite Series event this year. Ricky Wysocki won it. It is now a Silver Series event. Music City Open is something that wasn't on the schedule this year, but is now an elite series event for next year. I, in I'm Nashville, a huge Tennessee. fan of that event. Huge it fan because reviews, my girlfriend lives like in Nashville, it. which is awesome well, because go. one, I got a place to stay. Two, I get to see my girlfriend. And three, I get to play disc golf in Nashville. <laughs> well, well, should rearrange that, that Chris order. Dickerson, but Chris What's Dickerson. That? Yeah. Hold on. We're all talking. <laughs> he was just I making said, fun rearrange of that order. order. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah visiting your girlfriend should be number one. Chris Dickerson. Um, mentioned last year after we interviewed him, I think following that win, we asked him how he treated a win at like a course or venue like that. And he said he treats it the same level, but he feels like that course needed a little bit of tweaks here and yep. there. He didn't think it was good, but anyway, I remember him saying that, uh, the Blue Ridge championships in Marion, North Carolina, no idea what that's going to be like, but that's a silver series event. Uh, champions cup still happening in Appling, Georgia at the WR Jackson course, Jonesboro open, still an elite series event. Uh, then we shoot out to the West Coast Swing, OTB Open, Beaver State Fling, and Portland Open, with Beaver State Fling being the Silver Series event and Portland Open being an Elite Plus event, which is what I'm assuming is, correct me if I'm wrong, Evan, is just a four-round event. Is the Elite Plus, four, right? Four-round event and bigger paydays. And bigger uh, so paydays. I think it's going to have a set higher amount. Oh, very cool. Yeah, gotcha, so gotcha. even though LVC is likely going to be a four-rounder as well, I'm guessing that's going to be more of a standard Elite Series yeah. payout, probably like six to eight to your winner, where I wouldn't be surprised if mm -hmm. Portland and Ledgestone are going to be maybe double digits uh, yep. payouts, double digits in the thousands. So then briefly through these ones, the mid-season stretch, Preserve Championships, DDO, and Des Moines Challenge, uh, International Swing, Discmania Open at Prince Edward Island in Canada, which is what I've heard is an incredible, incredible course. That is a Silver Series event this year. 
Super awesome to hear about. Uh, Sula Open is now an Elite Series event, and then European Open being another major. Late Summer Push is a Ledgestone Open, then the Idlewild Open, Ledgestone being an Elite Plus. Um, and then we got the home stretch. The Great Lakes Open this year, Matt, is a playoff event, which wasn't last year, and now it is this year. Because of Worlds at Smugs, I'm imagining? Yep. And then Rochester Flying Disc Open. That's a Silver Series event down in Pennsylvania. Uh, PDGA Worlds is happening in Vermont this year. MVP Open at Maple Hill. Playoff event. U.S. Women's Disc Golf Championships, which is a major. The United States Disc Golf Championships. Uh, excuse me. The U.S. Women's Disc Golf Championships is happening in Burlington, North Carolina. And then the USDGC is happening in Rock Hill. Then the Tour Championships have finished out the year at Charlotte, North Carolina. So kind of what stood out to me, like I said earlier, Thought we were starting in Florida. Overthrow just asked me, was I excited the tour was going to start in Florida? I kind of was, only in the sense of it's easier for me to get to if I did want to go to it. Um, I don't know how much, how many big events I'm going to be planning <laughs> on playing next year. I haven't decided yet. That's something that I'm laughing, Nick, I'll beca- not because of what you're deciding to play, but people online were like, dude, the tour is so central East Coast heavy. Oh, yeah. You're like, it'd be easier for me. <laughs> They're oh, like, dude, dude, it would be. To, yeah. Anyways, it's to just start, funny. start and finish. The only thing would have Let's just yeah, really keep the just whole the, thing on the East Coast. Yeah, I just <laughs> and, have to skip the West Coast. Just to clarify, though, uh, the next season does, I mean, it starts in Virginia at the Lake Marshall, and then it does go to Florida. So those are in 2022, but they are for the next season. Yep. The graphic and schedule that came out was specifically just the 2023 yep. year, nope, right. although there's more in the season, just to add on. I am playing the Lake Marshall Open, which oh. I'm super excited about. Silver Series event this year. But, but anything Nick, I got to agree, though. I, yeah, I, I got to agree that it is limiting on the amount of silvers. I thought there would be more silvers. I mean, specifically Masters Cup is no longer a silver series. Um, there are a few more additions that you talked about, but there's also a few that were silver series this year that are getting dropped, uh, specifically the Mid-America Open and the Butler County uh, Disc Golf Championship, I believe it was called. Uh, both are getting dropped. I think just due to scheduling, it's, it's hard to fit so many in, but uh, that's something I was expecting more of. And I think it's exciting to see these uh, elite pluses and uh, Sula, getting to be a elite series. So it was a silver series this year, cool course. And then this kind of makes the European swing a little bit more uh, like beneficial. You can't just miss one major. You're missing two, uh, a major and an elite series. I think that's really cool to see. The The biggest thing though that I take away, maybe not the biggest thing, but a big thing is the end of the season stretch for the women is going to be grueling. You go, I think like five, five weeks of four majors slash playoff events i think it was world's week off mvp open which is a playoff event uh and then they go uh major being with us women's major with or okay it's not a major it's an xa uh for the throw pink i'm assuming is coming back next year and then i guess it's the tour championship i said it was major too but that, that's just a really high profile finish to the end of the season mm-hmm. uh kind of jamming in a lot of the big events i think it's going to be really cool seeing all that but it's also going to be really tough uh, and hopefully still exciting for each one of those events. Something I wanted to add too, is I wouldn't be surprised if the schedule gets more additions. Um, I mean, we saw the match play, uh, tournament both years, mm. the, the inaugural year last year in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. And then this year in Colorado get added on after the schedule gets announced, mm-hmm. kind of gets filtered in when it can. I think Colorado was a really cool spot. I really like the idea of keeping a mountain course on tour in some mm-hmm. capacity, even if it's only match play, there are so many cool mountain courses that can kind of fit between that Portland open slash Beaver state mm-hmm. before we hit 
I don't know if it's the preserves, the first event kind of back in the Midwest this mm-hmm. year again, but uh, you can go like Mont, like the zoo town open is always covered by central coast. There's a lot of courses out there in kind of the mm-hmm. Musula area. You have uh, Idaho has a bunch of cool courses. I mean, we could even go back to Utah and see the fort um, as just a silver series or match play event would be really, really cool. I mean, think of what the pro tour could pull off yeah. with having a, a match play event where you're literally your tee pad is the new James Conrad tee pad. At oh the yeah. Fort. There's, mean, there's so about, much potential. What about the all-star break? You know, like, yeah, that's not yeah, really announced that's yet. That's a too. great point too. Yeah. And I'm wondering, would, I would, you, be sup- would you rather an all-star break middle of the season or beginning of the season? I think it works well in disc golf to be middle of the season, but sorry to cut you off, Matt. I don't, I don't want it to be middle of the season because I just feel like you're not going to get the same experience of like lightheartedness, which I want that mixed with like, extremely fun talented throws and i don't think you're going to get that mid-season because people are just going to be like we're mid-season i don't want to waste my time yeah but that's i mean every sport uh, most other sports i would say does it mid-season and i feel like they put on a pretty large spec possible i see i I just see someone like paul like saying eh nah i'm gonna skip it no that is interesting i think i would agree with matt is that it would just be like we saw match play put the the top five in both divisions skipped out on it mm-hmm. and we still saw an incredible event with lots of great players but it was kind of missing that true you know top tier feel where uh all-stars we were missing a few top players i mean ricky and paul both missed on the mpo side at the minimum uh that was unfortunate but i feel like you get more players having it be the beginning of the season they're kind of itching to get back out into disc golf also the way the season goes is it's kind of chilly even in Vegas in February. Mm-hmm. So doing it in the sunny Tucson uh, or uh, when I was just outside Phoenix last year or the, yeah, last year in 2021. So Arizona, both years, mm-hmm. I think that's a really good opening spot where if you do it middle of the season, no matter where you're going to put it, it's probably going to be hot. I definitely, I liked, uh, even if it's somewhere like Minnesota, I liked the style of last year's playoff or not playoff, excuse me, last year's or, Earlier this year, it just feels like such a long year. Sorry, but earlier this year, the way they did the All-Star versus last year's where they just did it at Fountain Hills, um, the All-Star break, I don't know, seemed cooler. It had more variety of shots that the players were supposed to execute for points for their teams. I thought that was pretty sweet. So I'd be curious to see what improvements. I mean, Matt, you and I have talked about this doing a field game thing here in Massachusetts before of like setting up. You got to throw the stock Kaiser, stock Annie, you got to. You know, go forehand, forehand, Annie. So they did that kind of at <laughs> this of. venue last yeah. year. They're like, you got to go through this tree gap. You have to go around this tree gap. You have to land here. They did mm-hmm. bullseye stuff. But I-, I see it being more, let's create, put like a, a bleachers, right? I know that's the new thing for disc golf. But, mm-hmm. but put bleachers in like a U shape and just have everybody grouped there. You don't have to move much. You could do long drives out of that spot. You could mm-hmm. do like CTP stuff out of that spot. Um and just, yeah, make it really fun and exciting. It doesn't have to be a full, I got to walk a whole round and show off kind of thing. I really see it just being much more fun. It was pretty lighthearted, but I want to see the excitement level of fans packing it out. Yeah. And I, anyways. Yeah. Nope, I got I, you. But, I, but I'm saying I think I want to see that in the middle of the offseason somehow. Okay. That's gotcha. kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, but we could... We can ask uh, Ricky himself here in a minute when he's ready to come on. It looks like he's getting situated in the green room. Ricky, give us a thumbs up if you can hear us. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Uh, and if he's ready, let's go ahead and uh, intern Ben. You ready to bring him in? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Bring into the show uh, 
a lot of accolades. I'm not going to say them all. We'll just say Ricky Wysocki, everybody. Welcome to the show. How's it going, Rick? Doing good, man. I've just got done with the practice round. Actually, like 10 minutes ago, I just got done with the course and, uh, and got back and wanted to join the show. So it's been a good day. Well, oh, man. he wants to join the show, people. We gave him direct access. I should make the Ricky uh, link where anytime, any place, he has hit the link, you're in the show. Crashed it. So. Heck <laughs> yeah. Right on. <laughs> I, I made one of those links for myself, so when I'm away, they don't know, but I can just jump in the show and just say, no, you're not doing just it. Just pop in whenever you want. Exactly. <laughs> when you're, His name's on the gone, show. still there. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do this, intern Ben. We should put a little, like, camera in the corner that's just blank, but if Ricky ever hits the button, he's in the show. There he is. Like me. <laughs> yeah, like you. Full access anytime. Okay. <laughs> kind of like that. All yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> intern Ben. All right. There you go. I love it. Man, so you got a practice round in, but if people follow your social media like we do, you made a trip to Maine. How did that work out? Because you left MVP. Where'd you go? And then how'd you make it up to Maine? Yeah, actually, um, so I was going up to New York to do a, a shoot with Jomez and John Boy. They, they flew me up to New York to do to film a video. And then while I was up there, I was like, I was looking at the weather. I'm like, all right, well, if I fly back, it's just going to be hurricane weather for like the next two or three days. So I won't be able to practice if I go down to Charlotte. So I'm like, all right, well, I, you know, Maine's got cool courses and it seems like a cool place to go hang out in the, you know, kind of between summer and fall season. So uh, I went there to kind of get away from the weather that was in Charlotte because it was basically rain for what looked like two days, but it rained all day on like, I think Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have been able to get practice in anyway. So I was like, all right, I'll just go to Portland for a couple days and be able to practice. You know, I, you know, I think that having that extra day of practice really helps me kind of, you know, just keep in tournament shape instead of, you know, either going out there in a torrential downpour or like most people probably just didn't play anyway. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to, yeah, keep the reps going. Yeah. And I'm sure for the local disc golf community, they are probably super stoked. I'm sure you got a few autographs and pictures and all that. Like uh, what was that reception like from Maine? Yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool to see that to to see the fans come out. I, I you know I, I went to a couple courses. I kind of posted on a local page, just asking what courses are semi you know comparable to USDGC. Not that there's a lot of courses out there that are like <laughs> comparable to it, but um, similar shots. You know, open with OB. Um, and so I played Pineland Farms, and I played Devil's Grove, and I played uh, what was the other course I played? I was played uh, one more, the Baddest. Yeah, that yep. was one. Yep. yep. Yeah. So. So yeah, those courses were sweet. And then I went and showed up to like a local event right before I flied out, flew out wow. and he won and just kind of hung out with them and, and everyone checked in and come, you know, just chat with people and just, you know, you know, they were just, you know, super, you know, pumped for me to be there supporting their local tournament. So it was good. I got, cool. I got to play this, uh, devil's grove earlier this year and I was pleasantly surprised. I don't know how far it's come at this point, but that's all like they hauled out trees and grass and everything. It's crazy. So, yeah, I think overall as a whole, I think as far as like, cause every course is basically like the pay to play, which mm -hmm. you obviously mm -hmm. it shows because they put a lot of time and effort into upkeep in their courses. And I think it, you know, Maine's a great, you know, state as far as like, you know, just showcasing, you know, really good courses that are well-maintained. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, pretty much all private. It's yeah. uh, it's like it's made oh, like ninety five like percent or something. I don't like even that. know. There might be or like two public courses yeah. up there. It's like nothing. Yeah, but they have such awesome courses, and like Ricky said, they're maintained super yeah. super well. So, I know you've probably moved on, and as an athlete and competitor, you're probably past this. But you just won the MVP Open, so congr uh, congrats on that. 
MVP. I mean, the the point series. Sorry, not this is what. Okay, <laughs> this is what Zoe did to uh, to, get to Gannon Burke. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> okay, yeah. not that. I was going into disc golf pro tour points at the MVP Open. You were awarded that title. When you were coming into the final holes, did you realize how close it was? And did that affect your gameplay at all? Or was it just, no, nothing different? Yeah, well, me and, you know, I knew it was a battle basically between me and Paul. I mean, I think we were we were on the same card. We were obviously both trying to win. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we were pretty much both out of it coming down 18. You know, with, with as many holes as the lead card had, it may have looked like, you know, we were both, you know, kind of had a chance. But, you know, with that many holes left, you know, there's a lot of birdies to be had on the course. So, for me, I knew it was just, you know, I had to try to finish as, as good as I could and get as many points as I could because I was I was ahead of Paul going into the tournament. So I, I knew if, if we tied or, if you know, if I beat him, then I then I win the points. But I didn't know because he, be, he ended up beating me by two strokes at the end. And uh, I didn't know how many points you know, he was going to catch up with that with, you know, by beating me in the tournament. And uh, and I ended up hitting like a 70 footer on 18 for save par. And that ended up being like the the stroke that actually like won me the the, mm -hmm. the points title. So that was that was pretty crazy. Um, I didn't I didn't know it was gonna win me the the, the title, but I you know obviously I, I wanted to make it and to finish as best as I could and, and give myself the chance. It yeah, I mean realistically, I don't know if you would have been able to calculate it all that fast, but I think had you missed it, you might have still had the same placement. I'm not sure if anyone caught you. But oh, okay. but in the moment, absolutely, like as fans watching it live and even media, we knew it was that close. And Paul threw an aggressive shot to get on there for birdie. And then when you went out of bounds, we all thought, this is insane. Like, this is like what's going to happen. And then you hit it and, and you probably appreciate whole 18's enthusiasm there. I mean, everyone just lost their minds again. It's just mm -hmm. so fun. So congrats. Oh, yeah. That, that made, thank you. That made it. That made it that much better. Just mm -hmm. finishing the tournament and having getting that roar from the crowd. That was. Uh, that's what Maple Hole's good for. The, the eight <laughs> holes and hole eighteen. There you go. <laughs> you hear the crowd wherever you are on the court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're cheering for your bad shots as well. Apparently, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> Right. Um, so you've been pretty vocal lately. Uh, I'm going back to the press conference. You've talked about it on Smashbox. You've probably been interviewed numerous times about it. So people can go check out those other interview sources here. But just in general, could you give us just like the short version of what you've been saying in regards to um, a well, you're there, Rick. Okay, there you are. Oh, hold on. Audio is muted. Your audio is muted somehow, Rick. If you have to to get this back up. You can just literally exit out and relaunch it if you need to. Try that. Because for some reason, it muted you with that. You probably, I bet you got a, a notification, call. a text, or a call. call. Yeah. yeah. It usually works. So that's yeah. interesting. But what I'm going to ask Rick when he comes back on after that blunder of a question. What if he never comes back on? <laughs> He's just gone. He's <laughs> like, nah, <laughs> screw this. <laughs> he has been talking about players' seasons awards being worth more. Hey, Rick, can you hear us? Yeah, he's good. Okay, cool. Great. All right, put him back up. Let's grill him now. All right, good. <laughs> when you're, when Sorry, you're important was... and you're getting phone calls and texts, sometimes it does that. That was actually my alarm to make sure I was uh, ready for the show. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Maybe alarms do that. Okay. So right. you've been fairly vocal about, and I'm going to try to kind of summarize it, but I want you to give us your version of it, is players' season awards – I don't want to use the put words in your mouth, but should be or at least are to you more valuable than an individual event, whether it's a major or not. Is that close? Go ahead and like fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so basically, you know, 
I was kind of just reflecting on the season, obviously, after, you know, coming down the, the last part of the year. And obviously, you know, me, that, that, that goes back to reflecting on the season and each tournament that I played, and, you know, each of the wins that I had. And so after reflecting on it, yeah, I look back and, and basically think like, you know, hey, how does how does that feel? What, did, what was I doing right? What was I doing wrong? So I can kind of go back as a player and say, you know, how, you know, how can I, you know, repeat my successes and, you know, maybe learn from my mistakes. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, what I was trying to say is that, you know, tournaments nowadays in the fields that field strengths that we have. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to it's hard for one to win a tournament. Um, doesn't matter if it's a major elite series, no matter what it is. So, um, you know, the fact that if you can have a consistent season and, you know, obviously, as you see, players don't, you know, we're not having the six, seven win, eight win seasons like we used to. So um, in order to, to determine, you know, the, the best player for that year, it's going to have to fall back to points because it's not like it used to be where me and Paul, you know, like we're winning seven, eight tournaments in a season. And it's mm. pretty obvious who's the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another another thing I was also saying was that um, I was trying to get people to understand that uh, there's a difference between like the, the best player in the world and the best player of that season. Like it's, it's kind of a weird thing in our sport that like um, you have a world title, um, but you may not be the best player that year. And it's just something that where it just, you know, just reflecting on the season it really made me realize like hey the years that i did win worlds i felt like i was the best player mm-hmm. and that the worlds was a stepping stone in the right direction to to be the best player in the world you know mm-hmm. even in 2016 and 17 when i won the worlds it wasn't like oh cool my season's over i'm world champion mm-hmm. it's no my i won the world title and i had there's still events that are you know pretty close to as big that are going to allow me if i play well and win those that are going to you know really allow me to be the best player of this year. And I can look back in 2016 and 17 and say, yeah, I won a world title, but I also won a lot of events mm-hmm. that allowed me to, that made me the best player in the world. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that I, you know, that just cause I won the world champion, I was the world champion of that year that I was also the best player. And, you know, there's, there's certain, you know, players that, that win a world and it's a title you'll never be able, you know, you're, you'll look back and, and forever be grateful and thankful that you won that. Um, but yeah, it's just a weird thing in our sport that um, that yeah, you can be you know mm-hmm. like not knocking Paul, but you know he won the world title this year, but he's not necessarily the best player in the world. It's you know I would say if I had to say it, it was between me and Simon, mm. um, as far as the best, who's having the best season this year. And and if you look back in 2022, you're gonna say who's the best player of the 2022 season. You're gonna say it's you know depending on how the season plays out. But I would say if you, if it ended right now, it would basically be between me and Simon. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, so that's uh, because mm-hmm. and go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Um and and mm-hmm. so, you know, and in in my head the way I'm looking at it is like if you play let's say 20 tournaments and you get, you know, you win one tournament, which may be the world title, and you get dead last in 19 other tournaments, like you're not the best player in the world in my opinion. And, and it's just something that where people, you know, there's, it's just kind of a gray area as far as, and it all what it boils down to is field strength, you know, and people are like, oh, you wouldn't be saying that if you, if you won the worlds this year, that's, that's besides the point. The point is I'm looking at it as a whole. I'm not, I'm not taking it away anybody's accomplishments. That's not what this is about. This is about moving forward, how we can go ahead and look at our sport and, and really value titles and value 
certain things that maybe we didn't in the past because we didn't have this amount of tournaments with this big you know field strength so do you the field strength are just as good at an elite series almost as a major but and that's just because yeah i i hear you there so you you're probably not saying this and i don't want to say words in your mouth but yeah that that majors aren't worth you're saying majors are worth the same because of the field of strength no i'm not i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that, okay. that the majors are a stepping stone in the in the, in the in the and the pathway to becoming the best player of that year mm -hmm. and yeah they may be they're definitely worth a lot and i'm not i'm not taking anything away from majors because they're they're the, the biggest we have but as far as the majors the field strength at a major and the field strength at let's say just you know green mountain or you know let's just pick a random term in vegas like most of the times they're not that far off as mm -hmm. far as how many top level rated players are at the event you see what I'm saying? Yes. And yeah. so where it used to be the drop off between worlds and let's say Waco, you know, six years ago, five years ago was huge difference. Nowadays, it's like, I mean, there may be like two, three, maybe of the top 50 that aren't there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's about it. You know, just just guessing off the top of my head mm -hmm. versus maybe back in the day, there's, you know, it's the complete opposite just because, you know, there, you know, that was the only tournament that we had that had the best players in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we don't usually argue with our guests on here. So this is like, <laughs> we, we try to do an interview, but we've had you on yeah. a few times. We've had you on a few times. So we're just going to open the gates. No. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm down. I think, I'm I think totally Nick down. has something. So, yeah. I mean, we can all say that's kind of revolving around the world championships. And now do we kind of have that same feeling for USCGC where a lot of players like Nate Sexton, a lot of other players have talked about how they almost feel like USCGC is an even more prestigious event than Worlds because it's it's been at the same arena for so long. You have to qualify, like legitimately qualify to get into the event. And then four people qualify, you know, the Monday before. And so, I mean, the field of strength is pretty massive at the USCGC is what I'm assuming. But would you kind of consider the same thing almost in the USCGC standard? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, USCGC is, is, is pretty much, I would say, on the same level as as uh, Worlds. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you said, the field of strength, the how hard it is to actually qualify nowadays because of the, you know, how many good players are out there. And so it's really an accomplishment to even be in the tournament. And so it makes it that much that much more rewarding, first of all, A, being in the tournament, and B, mm -hmm. you know, being a champion. And it's so well-respected because of that reason. And I think that the is that at the end of the day, that's um, perception of the title is, you know, for the fans is what's the most important. And the perception of Worlds and USDGC has always been, you know, that's the title to win and it still is mm -hmm. but uh, my my point is it, the other the other tournaments aren't that much difference as far as you know the media the court you know the, the how good the courses are you know the spectators coming out to the course the the eyeballs on the tournament mm -hmm. um that all has just grown so much and i think that the gap between the majors and the elite series just aren't as much as as it was you know five even three four five that's years a ago that is a perspective that I'm getting on board with. I think at, from your player perspective, you saying that makes me realize how far your standard, if you will, elite series events have come. I, I think there's, if I was to bring up one more point here from my, my side of it is, there has to be a difference as a player though. Maybe the field of strength is the same, but the pressure gets ramped up when you go to a world champion, right? When you, when you have um a world championship on the line the pressure is ramped up so it feels different uh something like worlds going to five rounds really takes it to a different level as well um 
I think generally I get what you're saying. I think maybe, and this is going to be to what you've already talked about as well, putting more emphasis on season long awards to really separate it for what it actually is. I think we need to do that with all of the special events now. Worlds, USDGC, players, season, awards. I think we need to separate them and make them bigger. If you're saying there's not that big of a separation, I think we need to do a better job. Okay, yeah, his phone. <laughs> I don't oh, know why his Ricky, phone we don't have mute. your volume again. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know why come, it goes Come back mute. out and in. We'll get you right back. <laughs> so, so let me say this while it kind of it's on my mind before Ricky comes back. So in the way that I'm kind of reading the situation is we're talking about what's kind of the difference between these events. So what if we did elite series are three round events, elite plus are four round events, majors are five round events. You know what I mean? Ooh. All right. All right. He's back. back. Sweet. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're the, good. The alarm keeps going off. No, you're good. <laughs> um, but what was your thought? The so, last thought you were saying? I, so I was just simply saying it's interesting that you're seeing the similarities in the event quality. Like it's not separating that much in your mind, possibly. That's maybe part of it. The other part I, of it is Nick is saying, like, what if what could we do to maybe separate the status of these yeah. events? And he's saying and the, maybe just go like Elite Series three. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the reason I'm saying is also Rounds. because the fee, the field of strength is going is going to increase as players get better but it's also going to get to a point where legitimate tour card holders are going to be the only ones playing pro tour events i think within the next five years and so you're not going to have the donators as we used to call them going to events like this year i was a donator so i can i can say that (laughs) you don't have the me's going to the event and kind of the field of strength maybe dropping a little bit because of players like me when the tour becomes way more legitimized you're going to have all the best players in the world playing it because it's you know, a legitimate situation they can go in and, you know, make a real living off these tournaments. So your field of strength is never going to kind of differ between events. So my way of, you know, how do you make an event feel different from another event? And my kind of take on it was you have elite series events that would be three rounds. Let's say like a Waco, you have elite plus series events that are more added cash into them. Like they should be going into next year. They're four round events. And then you have majors, which are five round events. So now you're kind of, you're having more of a grueling tournament for the five rounds at majors. And you're having more consistency with the elite series for the three round events. I think that's also where we could kind of tell consistency throughout the whole year is if it maybe changed to a mode like that. I mean, I'm just kind of thinking of it on the fly, but just going off of what Ricky is kind of saying. Yeah, no. And I... You just, you know, as and you know, I guarantee if you ask a lot of people at it, very similar to let's and and that and that's something that where if you just that if you simply you know that's that's the that's uh from the inside that's kind of something that where this kind of uh thought really sparked mm-hmm. and I think that you know that's something you know. Oops, can you guys hear me? Yeah. So for 15 okay. seconds, your microphone was kind of <laughs> yeah. in and out. I think it's just an internet thing. It's a connection so, thing. So if it you looks can, good now. If it you looks can, good now, but it's yeah. fluctuating. If you can, just repeat what okay. you said and we'll be perfect. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, so so basically my thought and really what sparked this whole thought was, mm-hmm. you, know, in De, you know, let's take a Des Moines challenge, for example. And mm-hmm. as a player, you experience the, the spectator experience you see the spectators you see the energy there and how many you know how they 
direct the traffic, how everything's operated. And then you go to a world and the production is not that far off. And mm -hmm. so the feeling of winning that event may not feel much different than, than a major. And, and that's really what, I, and, and I'm not saying at all to discredit any, you know, major title, cause that's the biggest and best title we have in the sport. And that should mm -hmm. always be the, the, the pinnacle. Um, but I just think that for spectator or for fans, they really just need, you know, need to realize that the other events have a lot of value and are, you know, just as tough to win uh, based on the field of strength. Um, but yeah, okay. that's pretty much all I'll say. No, that's, that's good. And I, and I was, and I've been thinking about this a lot and Rick, we, I, I'm grateful that you say stuff because it causes us yeah. to think and talk yeah. and a lot yeah, of people sure. benefit from it. I was thinking like immediately to like the Olympics. We crown world champions at the Olympics, you know, Olympic winners, and a lot of them had to qualify to get there. Yes, but sometimes you see the player who is not, and we can all agree, is not the best player in the world win an Olympic title. And they pull off some underdog thing or whatever, and you're like, they just won it. They're an Olympic hero. It's the biggest moment of their life and probably will be. But it doesn't mean that they are the best. It means they won the Olympics. And I think... That's kind of what I'm seeing Rick separating is it's, so, you can't take away the title. Yeah. It's the biggest right. title you can probably yeah. get, but it mm -hmm. doesn't mean the same weight that so many people try to give to it, which is uh, they are the world champion as in the yeah. world's best. And that's not what mm -hmm. that title does. Now, let me let me for 20 seconds for sure. just slightly play devil's advocate in the sense of we'll talk about the Olympics, but then also the disc golf world championships. How often do we see that happen in the Olympics? I'm very curious because I haven't watched the Olympics in forever. I actually think a lot of times it's you happening. think more in the Olympics. And I, I think, think the, the last being four is years, there's way more events in the Olympics. Yes. So there's yes. way more opportunity for that. But like for swimming, when Michael Phelps was at the height of his career, <laughs> he was winning yeah. literally everything. Usain Bolt was winning everything at the height of his career. Now, hold on a second. So for disc golf in the last and I was saying this a couple of weeks ago in the last, let's say, 11 ish years, 10 years. We've seen this realistically. I don't really know about 2012 and 2013. Ricky can enlighten me more on those years of who the best yeah. player was in those years. But for the most part, in the last 10 years, we've seen a player win the world championships that wasn't the number one or two player in the world happen twice in the MPO division and once or twice in the FPO division. Now, Ricky, like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, in 2012, 2013, I feel like at that point, you and Paul were top dogs kind of like really showcasing your skills. I know you got second that year at Worlds. You had both played incredible, but I think you can realistically say in the last 10 years, we've seen that happen twice with Greg Bars being yeah. 18, who I think was still a top 10 player. And then James Conrad last year, who I think was 11th or 12th. And Evan, I know he's in studio right now, could correct me if I'm wrong. But anyways, I don't think it happens... As much as what I kind of feel like Olympics, I can see it happening way more because there's way, way yes. more many, like way more events. But for the most part, your world champion, at least they're contenders. Since I've gotten into they the are sport, contenders for yeah, sure. Since I've gotten into the sport, I feel like has more so been, if anything, a top three player in the world. Which yeah, if a top, it's like the NBA championships. You all get seated, and the Golden State Warriors were what the one or the two seed in the West this year, and they ended up winning the. NBA championships against the Celtics who were the two or it three happens or four often. You're yeah. right, Nick. The person who wins is often in the conversation. Yeah. I'm gonna let Ricky respond to that yeah. if he wants to. Yeah. And and no, you're totally right. And that's kind of also another thing that really, you know, I was just, you know, looking back at, you know, previous world champions. And there's years that I felt like I won the world championships and I was the best player in that year, mm -hmm. you know, 
one because I won that tournament, but I won other tournaments that, mm-hmm. that, you know, caused me to feel like that maybe four or five other events. Yep. You know, if I just won the world championships, I wouldn't have thought, and that was the only tournament I won that year. I wouldn't have, you know, said that I was the best player of that, of that year. Mm-hmm. And same goes for Paul. Like mm-hmm. when Paul was, win- you know, winning his yes. world championship, like in 2013, 14, there were those <laughs> years he was also winning lots of other events that if I look back and say, yeah, Paul was the best player of that year. We have a battle. He, we yeah. have a battle all season now, and you said you and Simon possibly. If Simon somehow he doesn't show up that often at, at majors very highly, sorry, he said it, his words not Sa- yours. Simon Simon's yeah. listening in his home playing pool right now. I'm sure, but sorry, Simon. But if you show up, Simon, and you win this, Ricky, is he going to be the best player of the year? Oh no, we lost Ricky. Alarm, again. not again. Oh no. my goodness. No, Rick. <laughs> He's gone. Love, we can see his reaction. Come back. He's like, oh damn it. He's got it down pat. He's got it down pat. I don't know why it's never muted our guest for something like that, but that's okay. So I'm asking him, is would Simon be? Would Simon be the player of the year? Okay. So they both have four. Chat says it's so. weird. We have a stack guy who can okay, literally tell us. You cracked us up hardcore I, that one. I know. I'm sorry. I, I finally canceled the stupid alarm, so it shouldn't happen again. He clicked snooze. He kept snoozing, snoozing it. it. Okay. I was so mad. Yeah, I kept snoozing in an accident. So here's the thing, and we're going to wrap this up soon here. Yeah. We got we got a lot going on. But if Simon was to win USDGC, it, this is hypothetical, and I know you're a competitor, and I'm probably asking you a horrible question here, but would he be the would he be the player of the year in your mind? Yes. Okay. In yep, everyone's definitely. mind. And that, and, and yeah, exactly. I think, you know, basically there's, you know, and it all depends on the last two tournaments, you know, if Paul won, you know, this, you know, USDGC in the pro tour finals, he's the best player of the year. Okay. So it just, and, wow. and I'm not that I'm taking all weight <clears throat> off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think me and Simon are really close. And I think that, you know, it, depending on how it shakes out, you know, I think, you know, the last two events are huge and they're the bigger events that we have. Um, but yeah, I think if he wins the, the this, then he's the best player in the world. I think if I win USDGC, I'm the best player in the world without a doubt. Okay. Um, and I think same goes for Simon. So I think this is a big event, and I think that you know that's you know it's it's going to be uh, exciting to to see how it plays out. <laughs> no, definitely. We're glad you came on. Uh, we have a stat or fiction game. Do you remember that you've played it with us before? I have not, but I'm excited. I, I'm trying it out with you guys right I now. Feel, okay, maybe we I have. Maybe we have a rookie actually. But bef- I, I don't think you had that game when I was on last. <laughs> okay, before we yeah. get into it, it's presented by Statmando. But before we get okay. into it, I thought of this. You did the million dot million dollar shot at MVP Open. That was fun for the fans. I'm sure it was a new experience for you to throw for a million dollars for one shot. <laughs> okay, you might make a million over the course of a season, but for <laughs> right, one <yeah>. shot. <laughs> I thought of this scenario today. What if Ricky Wysocki put up a challenge that said any like official like you can actually figure it out and make sure it's real any player that's like 920 rated or less beats me in a round gets a million dollars like man i'd be down to try <laughs> i volunteers tribute <laughs> yeah i'd be down to try oh, wow. well it depends on the course are we talking like a oh like true a level course maybe no, we, gotta, we gotta go pitch and putt like maple reds you gotta go dinker <laughs> ricky me you maple reds let's go switch it out we got yeah, someone exactly. in the background of him Josh. That's yeah. Cool. Who's that? <laughs> That's Josh. He's not here. here. No, yeah. Jo- Josh. Are you with me? Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> I don't know how. What? I'm like, what hold on. I don't know how to get him out of here. There's a way to do we this. We are, Ricky, I'm sorry. Josh, just stand in the today. center. Josh, on, Josh right. is a guest later on. Hold so on. While, while, we're, all, while we're all laughing. While we're all laughing and Matt's figuring this out. Why can't I do it? Why can't I do it? 
hold on. I don't know why. Josh, I can't leave do the it. stream. Yeah, just leave. <laughs> See you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Hey, Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, are you with me? <laughs> oh, we got okay. another one. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh, no, I'm kidding. All right. I found the button too late. He'll have to come back. I'll text him here. Okay. Let's, long story short is that would be kind of fun and random. We just got wild there. I'm all lightheaded now from laughing. <laughs> too much laughing. Okay. Who's that? Let's go into statter. Let's go into statter fiction. So Evan can funny. lead it, and I'm gonna chat with uh, chat with him. Okay. Here we go. Bring in statter. Stat or fiction presented by Stat Mando. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. Okay. That's that, yet another that's, moment. All right. That's Evan. a classic Nick and Matt show moment right there. Um, all right. So, Ricky, uh, stat or fiction, I'm going to say a stat, and you got to determine if it is true, as in it is a stat, or it is fiction, as in it is false, it is made up, it is not true. Um, so, to start us off, <laughs> which this is going to be tough to rein this in with these guys over here. <laughs> Uh, but Ricky, if you didn't know, Nick Carl, one of the co-hosts, uh, took down an A tier in New Hampshire, winning by 11 strokes. Uh, so Nick Carl's 11 stroke win at the Hollows Fall Classic was a larger margin, larger margin of victory than any of Ricky Wysocki's A tier or above wins. Dude, this is the coolest thing I've ever. I heard. think that's back. So. Uh, that's pretty much saying Ricky has never won a A tier or above by 11 or more strokes. Yeah, I think but I'll, I'll word it again as it is. Nick Carl's 11 stroke win at the Halls Fall Classic was a larger margin of victory than any of Ricky Wysocki's A tier or better wins. Now, this is the first official back. question, right? Yes. Right. Stat. 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 Say, so it's stat. Yeah. So we all doing it? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say stat as well because well, Ricky's Nick, so confident. Know. Well, no, you should know. If yeah. I only oh, said stat because you true. did, yeah, I was like, true. dang, if, if Ricky said stat, then I got to go by Ricky's. 11's a lot. That's a lot of strokes. It was a, it was a good weekend. Maybe maybe in the running for best player of the, the year. <laughs> Stop me. <laughs> 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 oh. All right. Yeah, my Just needling me, 90th place finish at Lifestone <laughs> or something. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. So all stats there. The answer is indeed fiction oh, no. i got oh, you guys ricky oh, you're selling God. yourself short i have you at two a tier wins by 12 strokes both what? in pennsylvania both in 2013 it was the eric c yetter champions cup which was an a tier uh in september of 2013 and then before that was the shoals bicycle centers i think that's the pittsburgh flying pittsburgh disc open, flying disc open yeah. yes Okay. In August of 2013, by 12 strokes, you also have a Euro Tour event over in Sweden, which was an A tier by 11 strokes, the same amount, wow. uh, which also qualifies as fiction. Uh, that was the Twin Lake Annual in 2014. All right. Well, well all right. now we know. I shouldn't have gone off of Ricky's. I should have <laughs> I gone with my gun. I got like, you guys. Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch out. Smart. Smart. <laughs> so now, you. Yeah. Now on this one, I'll go first, Matt, then Ricky, and last one, Matt, Ricky, Matt. Me. Yeah, I just because Ricky messed you up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So bringing in another comparison, uh, Nick Carl earned seventeen or one thousand seven hundred fifty dollars in his win. That's his highest of his career. That is true. Bringing to the stat or fiction is Ricky Waisaki has earned uh, one thousand seven hundred fifty dollars or more at a total of one hundred and eight PDGA sanctioned events. He's rich. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Holy crap. <laughs> so, I, I, I gotta go. Is it May first this time? Yeah, yeah. I'll yes. go. I'll say stat on that one. Well, how many wins does Rick have? A, dude, a billion. No, I think so. I it's think not. Right, it's right not necessarily. I think right at one fifty, maybe one something oh. like that. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, oh, I think I don't know why I'm helping yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, you're literally. To be clear, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. To be clear. <laughs> to be clear on the question, though, it's not about wins. It's about a matter of events. Oh, the amount of money. Earning $1,750 yeah. or more. Oh, in a at an event. event. Oh, dang it. Yes. Um, I'm still saying fiction. So, I'm, yeah. What so the $1,750? Yeah, you have earned $1,750 or more from a PDGA sanctioned event 108 times. Uh, probably step. Oh. All right. We got a stat this is true 108 total events uh nick has a total of one event (laughs) (laughs) nick that's very impressive i'm starting my streak right now all right (laughs) nick these are all in fun yep we chilling (laughs) all right i have more caches in a row than chris dickerson right now Let's go. Ouch. <laughs> you got all these cool stats, huh? Yep. yep. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So uh going back again, Nick Carl won an Lord. MPO event in New Hampshire. <laughs> uh this is his fifth state that he has won a MPO event in That's in cool. the US specifically. Nice. Um the stat or fiction is Ricky Baisaki is tied for the most different U.S. states with an MPO win with 30 total states. That's most out of anyone uh, is, the, is kind of the, the question. So tied for the most different U.S. states with a MPO win with 30. Wow. Um, <clears throat> uh, I've gotten them all wrong so far. I'm going to say stat. <laughs> So fade yourself, then you'll be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm gonna go stat. I'll say fiction. Oh, for the win! One of you's winning. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I think we are. One of us is gonna yep. get the win. All right, this is a stat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ricky is tied atop. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping someone like Schwebby or Schultz or right. someone like yeah. that just had that one Came more state. Up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, it is that. close. So Dave Felberg's also tied Felberg. with 30. Uh, in, in MPO, I mean, Felberg's still slinging it, but uh, yeah, no, I think sense. he's playing a lot of age-protected nowadays. Uh, Paul Uleberry's not far behind with 27 states with an MPO win. Nico Castro with 26, along with Barry Schultz, Avery Jenkins, and Paul McBeth with 25. Climbo with 24. Nice. nice. That's awesome. And I'm at really five. Cool. I'm and away. Nice, five. dude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Rick, Go to Ricky. South Dakota and play some play some. Play some I'm, get, I'm down to South Dakota, there. North Dakota. I'm hit them in back-to-back weeks. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but just don't go in the winter. No, heck no. <laughs> All right. So Ricky's definitely in the conversation now for like stat or fiction player of the year for sure. So. Oh, heck yeah, dude. I got, that's a lot well, of pressure. That, we're going to we're, we're gonna have to go back and look and yeah. see what's going on with our stats because Stat Mando tracks that, like who's gotten the most right, so. You're in it. Okay. You're in the what's conversation. The, what's the record? Three or two? <laughs> I, oh, the record. I, well, per per week, like I got, I went three and zero last week, so I got all three of them oh. right. But throughout the okay. course of the year, I think 
We have had, to be beating Matt by the way. You guys well, have a tally with you guys. That's you we, have a tally with we do. Guys. Evan Evan's got yeah. it somewhere. I don't know if it's I've updated, had a tally. But, I've but, stopped for about the summer. It's been a busy year, but <laughs> yeah, I gotta get okay, back yeah. on. But we have repeat like interviews and we keep track of their wins too. So if Rick, if you're that into winning all the time, we'll have to have you on another handful for the year and we'll make yeah. Like uh Dickerson. I, love it, dude. I don't think Dickerson's lost when he's come True. on the show. True. Really? Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's undefeated. All right. Well, Missy Missy Gannon was like Gannon. two out of three. Really good yeah. Big yeah. money Missy so, was. Okay. Yep. But that, awesome. you know what it is, Evan. Well, you probably asked you asked questions about the players, so that's a little bit uh by not, uh, not, not, <laughs> not always. Not, not always. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> this one was a special Nick Wysocki combo. So uh, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> All Ricky, right. Ricky beat me at Tiki Disc Golf that we played last week during the MVP Open. That was fun, dude. Dude, that was yeah, a blast. That was, yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yep. Okay. Yep. I am, first of all, as as unprofessional as we are sometimes, I professionally want to say I apologize for the random appearance behind you tonight. <laughs> we found it funny, but because it was awkwardly, like like uh, laughing at a, a funeral or something, like I was just laughing uncontrollably. <clears throat> that will be a, a moment that lives in history of Nick and Matt show. And we thank well, you so much I'm, for being cool with that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for, I'm sorry for having my alarm clock go off, but I was trying to make sure I made the show and didn't. <laughs> so we both got our apologies in. There we go. Dude, it's all good. We're just happy the chat was loving it tonight. Uh, we'll be watching to see what happens. As you mentioned, we got a, uh, is it going to be a barn burner? Hopefully a USDGC. I mean, I want to see so. Ricky. It always is. Always <clears throat> comes down to 17. Thanks. I want to see Thanks Ricky, Simon, Paul. On here. All right. Yeah, say it. I'll, I'll okay. drop a quick stat. Ricky has finished top five at US, US, USDGC. Excuse me. Each of the last six times he's played it. Only player to do it six times since 2015. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. No That's pressure. Cool. No pressure. Right. Ricky, go for it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, cool. That was Wait, great. Ricky oh. said he had opinions on something. Oh. Did you? Yeah, no, I just yep. want to say thank you for letting me share my share oh, yeah. my opinion. Oh, yeah. And um, <clears throat> yeah, always always love, you know, I'm not I'm not opposed to hearing the counter argument. I was just mm -hmm. letting you uh, you know, know my point of view from the player side and yeah, thanks for letting me share that. Awesome. Oh, absolutely. Thank you as always for coming on, dude. You're yep. super easy to reach out to. I mean, I think we planned this what last week, Matt, or something like that. You had <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. You had this set up, so literally perfect but anyways best of luck to you yeah. at uscgc appreciate it once again and i uh, will catch you sometime soon thanks right. guys enjoy the peace show. out all appreciate right it. have a good one peace all, all right. right josh come back on <clears throat> so here's here, no that's on delay i already sent him a message so we have to at least address that little bit of a debacle because we've done i've done that a few times we well the worst one was when i invited on a guest that i thought was someone else yes that was <laughs> that awesome. by far trumps this that's awesome like, yeah who was that i was like I hey what's up tyler and oh, it's that's like right. i wasn't there well, i was like a Zoom, yeah, 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 he's yeah. like he's like yeah. this isn't who you think it is yeah. <laughs> and i'm like what? who are you and then this scenario yeah. i'm looking at the screen and i see <laughs> we'll bring it i think we can already bring him in yeah go ahead yeah, and the yeah. four up Four up. Four up as long as we go. Not Ricky name. Oh. Put up the other name. Ricky. There's Josh. Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you had to unmute. You him. are allowed unmute to him. Now. There we go. Now we can hear you. And now we can see you. Soon. Yeah. <clears throat> so what was that like for yeah. you from your perspective? I mean, honestly, it was a uh, dream come true. I always <laughs> wanted to be that close. <laughs> You know what's Ricky. weird? It was like his eyeball. Hold on. on but you know what's weird? Ben, go to your full camera up for a second. Your full. Who's behind you? Did you somehow Turns. like do this Freudian slip with video production tonight because you planned out like Evan being behind you? 
Yeah. No. And then like, okay, yeah, go I back. Think it was, I think Josh just messed us all up, honestly. So <laughs> for anybody who cares about anything tech, we have our videos layered and our guest videos layered. I may change that in the future now. Ricky was yeah. Ricky was in vertical mode, like with his phone. <laughs> so the rest of the like 60% of the video is like transparent. And so when Josh came up in horizontal, like Josh is like fills the background and we're, like, <laughs> and we're like scrambling to not boot him, but also like clip his video. Super funny moment for us. We're definitely clipping it. We're going to make it go viral. It lives up to almost like Hannah walking into your room and pulling the rug out. Like oh, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. oh, that's another All these good moments. One. Yep. So Josh is here from overthrow. <clears throat> Why? What do you, what do you do at Overthrow mainly? Like, what's your like main thing? Your elevator speech? What are you doing there? I coach. Okay, you help get. Yes. You, you help people get better at what they want to do. Yep, I look mostly at form, but I coach every aspect of the game. Anyone from uh, new, new, those are some of my favorites. To uh, like trying to make it on tour. He reviewed my and maybe uh, some touring players here in the in the upcoming future. Right, Josh? You reviewed Intern Ben for him once. I sent the submission. <laughs> I did. I did. And I'm pretty sure Intern Ben went on to win his next two events after that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Okay. So but we, thanks for teaming me up on that one, brother. Yeah, that's right. We brought you in because we thought it would be fun to have somebody who's so into, like, analyzing people and their how to help them get better. But we're going to kind of flip the table a little bit. We're going to do judging as opposed to helping. <laughs> and, and we're going to bring oh, back yeah. the segment, Judge That Disc Golfer. Ben, can you cue it up? Let's yes, take it sir. away. Judge That Disc Golfer. The game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. All right. Wow. Look like that. We didn't even give him a heads up, but here he is in the show. We have a guest <laughs> that volunteered to be judged tonight for his disc golf game. And so we have never met before. And so with that being said, let me go ahead and ask, sir, what is your name? Mine is Matt. What's up, Matt? My name is Colin, but everybody here calls me Taco. All right. <laughs> What's up, Taco? What's up, brother? Nice. This is interesting. You were the second person tonight who reached out to us and wanted to be on who had Taco in their username somehow. So it's a thing. It might have been me. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> so Stuff in the ballot. We had a, a significant response to people who wanted to be judged on tonight's episode. And so I had to filter through. We're going back and forth. We're refining it down. Like we, To be honest, we want interesting responses when we're chatting with you in the chats. Because we don't want someone who just answers in a, such a boring way, right? No pressure. No pressure. Taco. <laughs> so <clears throat> I saw Taco in your name and I said, I got to ask, what's his favorite food? And he says, coffee cake. And I knew from that moment that he was the man for our show. So <clears throat> his favorite food Dude. is coffee cake and his favorite Unreal, number. Man. I can't say the favorite number. It might give away something for later. But let's go ahead and get into the segment, Judge That Disc Golfer. And as part of Judge That Disc Golfer, have you you've seen this segment before? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, how long have you been watching, if you had to guess, or listening? Oh, very beginning, man. Really? Nice, appreciate it. Oh, yeah. So you knew this was a staple of the Nick and Matt show from almost the first episodes. Awesome. So we got your name. We're going to call you Taco, if that's cool. Let's go. Game on. All right, so where are you from? It looks like I'm seeing palm trees behind you. 
Yeah, I, I live in York, PA, but I'm in San Diego right now for some work. Nice. Okay, San Diego from Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's a good deal. Um, do you mind if we ask what you do for work? I'm a drone pilot full time. Oh, okay, okay. That's freaking awesome. <clears throat> I was okay. uh, taking classes to get my license. I've never followed through with the license, but I've I love drones myself, oh, so that's you, you interesting. You got to get it, man. It's fun. It's so, blast. do you? I mean. What kind of drone footage are you doing? I work with production companies to make film and, and, and TV uh, commercials and, and films and stuff. Having fun. Nice. Is there like a major company that you've worked for that we would know the name of? Or is it? Um, I've done a bit for Under Armour. Uh, uh, I've had some footage sell for Apple, uh, Verizon, um, some of those companies. There you go. Yeah, I've heard of all three of those, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome job, dude. That's that's fantastic. So, um, just simply a yes or no: Are you a member of the PDGA? Yes. Okay. Um, go ahead, and if you have a um, you have a rating, I'm assuming you've played an event or two. Uh, do you have a player rating? I believe last time I checked, it's been a while since I've competed. Uh, Nine thirty-three, I think I'm at. Somewhere okay. There. You and me right now are at the same skill level. We'd probably shoot about the exact. Oh, we, we got a jam, man. Heck yeah. Um, and I'm sure we're both not super proud of that rating, but that's where we are. That's right, man. <laughs> it's the reality. So, this is the very first non-scored question we're going to ask. So, just hold back for a second. I'm going to ask a question. You can think about it. We're not actually going to award points for this. This is just a trial here. So. Is Taco's PDGA number higher or lower than 100,000? Higher. Okay, says higher. I say we don't know how long he's played for. We don't want to know that yet. This is just us judging based off of what he said already. Um, I'm going to say lower. Ooh, but that's probably not accurate. Josh? Lower. Evan? Definitely lower, but over uh, 80,000, 80, 80,000. Okay, I don't know. What's Dude, that? what is it? 80,000? Yeah, he's gonna be just over like 104,000 or something. Okay, what do you got, Taco? I am PBGA number 58287. Wow, that's a pretty low one, actually. So you are yeah. about 10,000 after me, so I, I'm 48402. Yeah. So, like. Okay, we, we're similar rating, similar time period. So you've been playing. If, said lower. I said lower. Yeah. So you've been playing approximately. Well, I don't know if you got it right when you started or after, but you've been playing in the range of probably Correct. ten years or so, maybe give or take. I've been playing playing a little bit over that, but got my number uh, during about ten years ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, you play tournaments, uh, but not often. It sounds like. When was like your last tournament? Last tournament will probably be this past spring. I, I just really started competing after, you know, playing for 15 years uh, last year. La last two years started competing. Nice. Okay. Uh, what do you have any notable finishes for yourself and what division? I have two wins in MA2 and then I just moved up to, to MA1 to start competing there. Okay. Um, if you had to pick your local course, just a, f a favorite of yours that you would go play most co most often, like what are you shooting on average, yeah. under par or over par? I'll shoot just under par, but two, two, two to six under par, depending on how good you're playing that day, right? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you, like, you've probably watched like MVP open footage at some point, <laughs> Maple Hill sure. golds, or pick any elite series gold layout, like what are you probably shooting on that? Oh, gold! I'm, I'm going to shoot like 10 to 15 over there, probably. Okay. 
Okay, that sounds Those right. Tough courses, man. That's, that's a tough course. That, that yeah. sounds right. Again, I could probably answer these. I'm gonna have an advantage tonight, Nick. He's he's right. he's me. <laughs> to your world. style. I'm honest, man. I'm yeah. honest. Thank you. Um, do you have a favorite disc golf professional? Do you follow the tour scene? And like, do you have a favorite that you like to follow and cheer for? I'm a I'm a disc golf obsessed man, man. <laughs> you can ask my wife. I'm obsessed with disc golf. Don't don't miss a tournament. Don't miss a weekend. I've been a Paul McBeth fan since. I started playing and he started competing a long, long time ago. But, uh, okay. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching Simon play as well this past couple of years. Heck yeah. Okay. And we're still getting to know you a little bit. We already know about drone piloting. Did that start out as a hobby for you? Uh, you know, I was doing a uh, videography work. Uh, I was working for uh, a Christian camp, uh, doing full-time videography there. Uh, you know, started doing other videos for corporate work. And then once I saw drones on YouTube for the first time in about 2014, I said, that's what I want to do with my life. So started a business and, and just got rolling with that. And, you know, uh, eight years later, been blessed to be able to do a lot of cool stuff all over the world. Can I ask so this? Cool. This, I don't know. It's a it's a money question. But like, how much are your drones sure. costing that you're like that you're flying? I mean, I know there's a very large range. Like, what's the most expensive yeah, drone you've ever flown? Range. Uh, I, I have a drone package that's about 20 grand. And then, you know, I, I also have drone packages that are about a thousand. So, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I, I've, I find myself watching that on YouTube when they're flying these like hundred thousand dollar cameras over like yeah, a, a Lambo or something going down the road. It's incredible, but okay. Um, besides drone piloting, what's a hobby that you have besides disc golf? Besides disc golf. Uh, <laughs> good question man um what do you I do like for board games like okay board games <laughs> okay um, board games are fun uh i i i play also any sports man i'm a huge sports fan love playing all kinds of sports uh, unique sports spike ball uh, that kind of stuff nice. okay okay um so <clears throat> don't give me a number yet but go ahead and answer this um have you ever measured the distance of your throws so don't give the number but have you ever measured the distance of your throws Oh, of course, right? Okay. If so, so you said yes. I'm reading my questions here. How do you measure <laughs> it? How do you measure it? And was it on flat ground? Do you remember uh, the times? I use a couple of different apps. Yeah, there's there's the UDISC app, of course, and then there's a couple other apps I'll use as far as like just measuring by feet. You can you can use. Okay, we've gotten to the point in the show where we're gonna have you not answer out loud right away because we have to guess, but right. we're gonna ask you the question. Oh, we're going to ask him the question, Josh, Evan, Nick, and even intern Ben gets to chat in this one. How far can you throw a disc, Taco? All right, Nick, what's he going to – oh, you got your answer in your head there, Taco? Sure. Is, is this max flight or is this an average long drive? <laughs> so, oh, no. We say this every time, and here's the answer every time. In this scenario, it's your decision what that means when I say how far okay. can you throw. Because that's part of our game is we're going to say is he taught what's he going to answer. So you just decide. What do, what do you think Got when it. I say how far? Okay, Nick. Got it. That's part of the game. You got to figure out: is he going to say max or is he going to say casual? I think he's going to say four hundred twenty feet. <laughs> okay, Nick's judging you to throw four twenty. Wow. Okay, um, I am going to go with three eighty five. All right, Josh, you're up. Oh, brutal! You're so close to my answer. I think he's going to answer golf line and i think it's gonna be 375 oh he's taking the under evan what do you got uh, i agree with both of you i think taco's a modest guy 
he's gonna say kind of his his lower average he can bomb for sure i had 375 in my mind too but i'll play the game and go 355 okay so all right and then in turn ben he doesn't get any points but he gets to play this, this was in my head the whole time i'm i was gonna say 350 <laughs> but with a little work with Josh from Overthrow, maybe maybe 400, but 350. Come on, baby. If he says 400, I win it. All right. Uh, hopefully you locked in your answer, Taco. What is your answer? Sure. I actually think I'm a better coach as well than player, but I'm a gunslinger, man. I can I can max out at 525. Whoa! Let's go. I'm pumped for this guy, even though I'm wrong. <laughs> Quick, pick up a disc. Have, yeah, someone, hold, have someone hold your camera. No, okay. I wish I had one. <laughs> Of course he doesn't have one, but that is a... So you went max line. I got to verify this. And that is, and that is, your answer was based off of your max drive in an open field or something. Yeah, open field, max drive. I, I can, I can, I can hit that. Um, okay. You know, get a little, little bit of wind in there. I can push it over that, but you wow. know, I can hit that. All right. It, it, you know what? Matt was selling us up about how this guy's just like Matt. They're the same player. <laughs> yeah. And poof, Matt's never thrown you 400 in his life. So I was thinking wrong. a little bit bigger than Matt. The difference is he throws far. I don't. I don't. We're going to get to the putting <laughs> questions in a minute. So I don't want to take, give anything away. But like when it comes to putting, like I tend to excel. So, okay. Hey, Benny, let me get that point Boom. and make sure everyone else is at zero. Because that first yeah, that question was a, earlier was a funsy. Oh, it was a funsy? Yeah. I'm the only one with a point right now. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately. What a here, whoa, whoa. Here we go. Second question. If your average disc golf round was described by using the names of candy, what would it be? Your average disc golf round. So you go out, you said you play your average round at your local course. Are we going to describe that as, or are you going to describe that as hot tamales, Rocky Road, Laffy Taffy, Mr. Goodbar, or Payday? I can read those again if you'd like, and you can lock it in. Your average yeah, give me, round. Give me, again. give me again. Your average disc golf round was described using candy. Would it be hot tamales? Rocky Road, Laffy Taffy, Mr. Goodbar, or Payday. Okay. okay, he's got one or he's going to get one. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start. And I feel like this is easy. This is nail in the coffin. It's Mr. Goodbar. All right, here we go. Josh, you're up. Rocky Road. Rocky Road. Evan, what do you got? I'm going Laffy Taffy just because I have a sweet spot for it, specifically the bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Laffy Taffy candy. Those have the worst uh, aftertaste. Nick, Nick Carl, what candy is he choosing? Wrong. My dude's going payday because when he goes and plays tournaments, he gets paid. All right. And then <laughs> intern Ben? Uh, I was going to say good bar as well. Mr. Goodbar. All right. I hope he locked in Mr. Goodbar. What's your answer, Taco? Dude, it's actually I, it's going to be Laffy Taffy. Not for the taste, though. Wow. Taste, but... I just I love having fun, man. I love this game, and uh, we usually have a really good time when we're out playing. So lots of laughs. All His right. name is Taco, guys. It was <laughs> easy as can be. Taco, Laffy Taffy. I don't see I the don't correlation, it, but we're gonna give it to you, Evan. You, you don't we're love this. Give it to you. You don't love this game enough. <laughs> you have zero posts on your Instagram. Are you throwing? Come on, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see that 525. <laughs> they're probably hidden in there. They're, hidden, they're way back there. I see nothing. Are you on his Instagram? I, I, I I'm trying to see this man sling. All right, intern Ben's cheating, but he doesn't get points. This golf form check. This golf form check. Okay, here we go. If you were ready to hit the tour, like the pro tour, what brand? He is ready. I think he is ready. But what brand? what brand would you choose as your main sponsor? No. 
for clarity purposes, the monetary value of the sponsorships are all equal. So we aren't talking like any difference in value, okay? So it's just the brand itself that matters in this question. Would you choose Nike, McDonald's, Red Bull, or Planet Fitness? So once again, Nike to sponsor you, is that your thing? McDonald's, Red Bull, or Planet Fitness? Josh from Overthrow Disc Golf, you're up first. I'm going Nike. Okay, Evan. Oh, my man practically works for Under Armour. He ain't doing that. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going Red Bull. Red Bull. Oh, Nick, you're up. Whoa, give me the four again really quick. Uh, Nike, McDonald's, Red Bull, or Planet Fitness? Uh, I wanted to say Red Bull, so I'm going to go Red Bull as well. Are we allowed to do the same? Yeah, for sure. Should I go different? Yeah. No, let's make it can, no, 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 no. Let's no, make it interesting. No, we can no. lead together, Nick. Right, That's fine. okay with I, me. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Red Bull. I'm thinking Red Bull. Dang. I am struggling, guys. I I just want to say... I, I, sounds like you need a Red Bull. I have to. I do, actually. I have to envision him like the way that I don't even know him. I just have to envision him. He's a planet fitness guy. <laughs> All right. Intern Ben. I was going to say Red Bull off the cuff. All the Red Bulls. Nike, Nike was my second choice. Nike was my second choice. All right. What'd you, Nike what'd for you, sure. All right, Taco, what is it? Dude, Red Bull gives you wings, yeah. baby. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Extreme sport. Let's go. I was going to say, yeah, he was Dude, talking about how man, he loves like. Wait, who else said Red Bull? Me and Dude, he said okay. spike ball and, and yeah, all he, those. What other sports? That's Red Bull City. That's Red Facts. All right. <laughs> If you I like it. so <laughs> yes. before before you like finish asking that question, you're like, what company would you want to be sponsored by? I love how our chat all yeah, just went straight to like disc grabbed it of a disc and then they're just like, oh, <laughs> Nike. <laughs> yeah, I gotta listen to the full question. Okay, here we go. Uh, I have zero points, and so does Josh. Wow, I, this is the hey, game I invented. Here we go. He's better at looking at form than just being mean to some. No, I'm kidding. We're not being mean. We're judging. If you were to choose unfavorable weather, this goes way back, Taco. You remember this from our early episodes. If you were to choose unfavorable weather for a tournament round, what do you choose? And this could be your next tournament round. So you got to go into it, and it's going to be raining. And when we say rain, it's significant. It's hard to stay dry. Okay, it's it's raining, <laughs> uh, snow where it's actually accumulating on the ground as you play, and not just a nice dusting. It's a storm. It's a snow. It's snowing hard. Okay, and then wind. We're talking like MVP open the last or the first rounds. It was twenty five mile an hour plus. Okay, so windy rounds. Which type of weather do you choose for your next tournament round? And I think does Josh go first here or is it Evan? It might be Evan. Evan I can. I, I, think I think I just went first. Okay, yeah, Evan. I think, Evan, Evan, I think it's me. Uh, I mean, Duke and Bomb, I'm going wind. He'll just throw right through it. <laughs> You've been right so far. Nick, yeah. what do you think? That was actually a really good answer. Um, also, someone, our Trav or Ryan Travis said, oh, no, someone else said it because I want to say Adam said it. He said, Red Bull gives you wings. He flies drones. Done deal. Oh. So that was also kind of, <laughs> I don't know. It was just kind of funny. Anyways. Uh, I'm going to say my boy likes to play in the rain. Just because you hate wind that much doesn't Dude, mean Dude, I hate the do. wind. I don't know how anyone <laughs> likes to play in the wind. I, I don't know how anyone likes it. hate the rain. So we all choose by what we'd prefer, but I have to pick for him. And I feel like he's going to say wind as well. I think most people hate the rain, and he's not down for the snow. All right, Josh. Dude, how many questions are left? 
Um, <laughs> two with a tiebreaker. For Not me enough. To... So I have to go something. You have different to go two for Nick. two right now. Yeah. No. Okay. No. okay so I if you go get snow. no, if you get Although this one, I think it's rain. Yeah. Okay. He says rain. Wait. No. 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 no I'm going snow. snow. Oh, he's going snow. He's playing the Steve Falco rule. <laughs> um, I'm going snow as well. I've got to get points over someone. <sighs> snow. Good point, actually. That is a good point. He lives point. in PA. He loves the snow. No, there's not that much snow in Pennsylvania. Yes, there is. All right. Tell us, Taco. He's sitting in a beach right now. I can't just This is for work. Snow. Okay, He's Taco, what's snow. your answer? Yeah, but still, it's too hard. Dude, I, I have skipped tournaments because it snowed the day before. I will not play in the Let's snow. Go. I will. I hate playing in the wind. I've won in the rain. I'm going to play in the rain. Let's oh, go, baby. Let's go. No. Nick is coming out hot. This is your weekend, man. I, I guess so. He wins by 11 strokes. He's going to win oh, by five. You, man. Yep, we and you. We chill, bro. I wish I was out in San Diego. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Let's go. Balboa Park. Let's play. Sounds good. All right. I'm going to have to make the last I just made 1700 I'm buying my plane ticket, which I don't even know if that's enough, but going to San Diego. It's definitely enough. Okay. So the reality is, unless I make the last points worth more, which we have done before, but let's just keep going here. How many putts, if I was to give you a stack of 10 putters, would you hit from circle's edge? No extenuating circumstances, no wind, no pressure on the line. It's just here's 10 putters, circle's edge, no jump putts. How many go in? Um, and this is Nick's to answer first. What's he going to say? He can throw far. Realistically... Judge him. I'm going to say six out of ten. Okay. Um, I am going to say, man, you picked the perfect number. I know. Seven's the only one that's better, I think. But. I know. I know. But six could be right. So I'm going to yep. say, uh, can we all say six? You can say six. You can't beat me. So you can, yeah, you can say, say whatever you want. <laughs> Evan's the only one I'm worried about. I'm going to try to nail it. I hope you, you've locked it in. I'm going to say... Six. It was a good answer. Josh. Two. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, whoa. I'm going five. I'm going. I'm a, I'm a taco believer. <laughs> I know you put that sauce on your tacos. You know, it, it makes it zesty. I'm going seven. All right. So we need the answer, taco. That what is no it? no sense. <laughs> I, I, I throw for dough. I don't I don't putt for anything, Matt. I, I, I'm probably I'm gonna hit five. I'm gonna hit five. Uh, let's go. Oh, Take that, dude. Dude, what did you guess? I guess five. Did you really? Oh, for some reason, I thought yes. you said seven as well. Dang, good answer. You so, know, I almost said five too. Me too. I was leaning yeah. towards five, but I literally went to six because in my mind, I'm like, I was thinking of his rating, and I'm like, yeah. I feel like nine thirty. Like you gotta hit more than five from yep. circles, edge, yeah. but maybe not. But you think Taco. that. <laughs> 100 no, putts a day. Is, let's go. Like Come on, rubber. man. Oh, it's true. He's making up strokes on so his distance. So he's got to miss a bunch of them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It goes the other way. All right. So I'm I'm skunked so far. So is Josh. We're playing for last cash or no, did not did not finish dead last place or whatever. I wouldn't okay. even say honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back. All right. Um, here we go. This is technically to, to break a tie right now. If you were to Go. get a, if you were to get a disc golf, do you have any tattoos that you care to tell us about? I don't have any tattoos. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. So whether or not you want to get a tattoo doesn't matter in this scenario. <laughs> if you were to get a tattoo, that's where we're going. What would it be? Would it be a single basket? Uh, pretty simple in nature, just a basket saying "Here you are." Doink putt. So it's illustrating a basket with a putter hitting the front rim. 
too soon. <laughs> Cartoon Tasmanian Devil spinning around throwing a 360 drive. Tasmanian Devil, it goes back a long time. I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, that was a thing. Yeah, I, yes, oh, I yeah. see a lot. Intern Ben, do you know it now? Tasmanian Devil? No, no. I, I So I own a fishing store. Everyone knows. But the amount of old men I see with the Tasmanian Devil okay. tattoo is insane. Yeah. Okay. Um, or a disc golf phrase like grip it and rip it or death putt. Meaning like it can be any disc golf phrase that maybe you thought up. It'll be like, it's just that style of tattoo. It's a phrase. Okay. So you're going to do the single basket, the doink putt, the Tasmanian Devil or disc golf phrase. Lock it in in your head once you have an idea. Let us know. Got it. Got it. All right. Uh, is that me answering first? Oh, is this the tiebreaker? No. This the last this is the last question. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to say... Dang Wait, it. hold on. Don't don't say anything yet. Evan, do you have your answer? Steve I have Falco. my answer. I'm you have sure. your answer? All right. I'm going to write yeah. mine down so I don't change oh, it for any reason. Because you and I are playing for each other. Oh, man. Um... Dang it, he's been surprising me with all of his answers. I mean, Red Bull and all this other stuff. I is it unfair for me to ask how old he is? How old how old are you, 33. Taco? I'm 33. Give him a point. Well, yeah, you were staring at his Instagram. That's okay, like, I wasn't yeah. like yeah, I right, was, right. The first no, picture no. is 33rd birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to look for disc golf videos. There's oh, no... you got a stalker and Ben now. Okay, so that's excellent. It's like you should go to the fair. You know the carnivals where they're like guess people's ages? Yeah. All right. Oh, my goodness. You can make Let's some go. money. All right. 33, probably barely would remember Taz, but if he thinks it's cool now, that's a thing. But I'm going to go... I just feel like... You... I don't want to say you're a simple guy. I think you're a clean guy and just single basket is what i'm thinking comes to mind no tattoos i'm going single basket what do you got josh uh that was gonna be mine uh but i have to i'm kind of a all-in kind of guy <laughs> so uh i guess he's gonna go with some kind of simple phrase that he makes up okay that he makes up that'd be for bonus points it, okay well <laughs> i think if he did a basket he'd try to make it as close to a cross as possible Ooh. Ooh, you have run into him. You've read, He's talked a few things about that. All right, Evan, what do you got? All right. I mean, part of me wants to say he's going to get a phrase with 525 uh, right on his peck. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think. I got a gloat. Is that going to show up? Nope. Oh, no, it's oh, not. It's a, it's a I did it in pencil. It's a, it's a single basket. Okay. I'm just going to show Matt mine just so he sees it. It's the bottom one. It's the lower letters. Okay. It says. Taz. Uh, Taz, Taz Devil. I'm just going to make up something. Uh, yes, Tasmanian, Tasmanian Devil. Devil. Okay. So, I've guessed, everyone's guessed, except intern Ben. He guessed the age, but what do you think for Tattoo? Uh, You know, he's a fun guy. I'm going to go with the doink. He's a doinker. <laughs> After we talked about the putts, maybe, but all right. What do you think? Taco, what do you got? Dude, I love this game. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty crazy, pretty out there. I love doing crazy stuff. But uh, I think for a tattoo, I'm going simple, man. I, I can get a basket. I'm not last. <laughs> My guy, Guys, you me, me, Taco. I have never won Judge That Disc Golfer. I'm, like, notorious bad at this game. Oh. I just picked up my first W over Nick Carl, who's won an A tier. Oh, Wait, maybe, this is a moment. maybe you were stalking him, Kearns. Come on now. <laughs> okay. 
So Evan wins, but I want to do just one bonus question just for the fun of it. Like we did an intro question. Let's do an outro question. Think of your most recent tournament performance. When was that? How far ago was that? How long ago was that? The spring, early spring. Okay. Don't tell us how it went because you're going to use something else to describe it. If you were to use a band to describe your most recent tournament performance, your most recent tournament performance, would it be described by the band Red Hot Chili Peppers, Disturbed, Fallout Boy, or No Doubt? So, <clears throat> would it be Red Hot Chili Peppers, Disturbed, Fallout Boy, or No Doubt? <laughs> All right, I'll just start it off. I'm going to say <laughs> Disturbed. What do you think, Josh? I don't know. I feel like he doesn't get his wins like overwhelming, and all those are like pretty solid, except for Disturbed. I I'll go Red Hot Chili Peppers. Evan, I think instead of Fallout Boy, I'm feeling Spit Out Boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, but I, I do think it's Fallout Boy. All right. What, what was the other one? No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I'll go with no doubt just because no one else picked it. No doubt. Yeah. What's up? No doubt. Uh -oh. Intern Ben. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Red Hot Chili Peppers. It to me, it it it, sound, it seems like you might have played a thing called the op the strip down open or something and got second place in MA two. So that I'm just getting that vibe off of you. So I'm going Red Hot Chili Pepper. All right. Um, what do you have you as your answer? That's a great guess, Intern Ben. I, I did play that tournament. I don't know how you knew, man. <laughs> I uh what a legend two holes to play. I was up by three, up by three with two holes to play and lost by two strokes. So <gasps> Fallout Boy it is. Oh, oh. Let's go, Evan. I thought you were gonna be gassed about it. My second guess was Red Hot Chili Peppers just because, you know, California Cation, where is he, you know, okay. it speaks for itself. Yeah, but he's working. He's not yeah. on vacation. But, yeah, it's, it's not his most recent tournament, but there's the, so much to draw from. The honorable mentions for bands, by the way, you could describe your rounds with would be Coldplay, Journey, yeah. um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, <laughs> and Rush. <laughs> I'm just going to get yeah. through my round. I'm yeah. rushing. So anyways. I think they're all probably playing that night. <laughs> they're all playing Nick's next tournament like recap post that you do has to use one of these bands one of the bands just all of them actually You'd be like dude it was just like a tournament for the fallout boy mine just would have been no doubt. Rush. Yeah, no week. doubt yeah red hot chili peppers yeah. <clears throat> alright Taco anything you want to say before we let you go it's your time on our show we're, ex we're exceptionally happy that you came on and you reached out to say you'd be a judged guest oh, what do you got Josh I, I just want to know what uh, your play consists of. You throw 525 and you're 936 rated. So do you like not have a forehand or your approach shots just not there? Like what is holding you back from glory? Uh, you know, just really just started competing in the past year. And it was, it was the putt. It was a putt until about three months ago over the summer when I reworked it. So look out for me in the next couple of years because the putt is fixed. <laughs> Let's All go. Right. The putt Let's is go. fixed, baby. And if you do go on tour, no, <laughs> if you're out there and we see you showing <laughs> I'm up, old for that. the Nick and Matt show uh, found you, okay? <laughs> so we have yeah, our yeah, full yeah. support. Yeah, for sure. We'll bring you on for an interview. Anyways, thank you very much. Anything you want to say before we let you go? Oh, gosh. Thanks for having me on. I love disc golf. Love, love the content you guys are making. I think it's super important for the sport. So stoked to see where disc golf is going to be in five years when it's on national television and uh you guys are 
are, are trudging the way, man. Keep going. We love you. Yeah, yeah. we really appreciate that. And <laughs> now, now I've got a contact for all my drone flying experience. I need to reach out. Oh, come on. Call me up, man. You got my number. Heck yeah, dude. Very That's cool. Sick. Thank I you, appreciate Taco, it. for coming on tonight. You were literally the perfect guest we could have asked <laughs> yes, for. Yes, good job, Matt. Matt was, like, Matt, Matt Matt was, like, Matt was just rambling picking someone tonight, and we're just like, oh, God. <laughs> no, Matt's green. He grinded. Yeah. I saw the messages. In, in all seriousness, yeah, we got inundated, and I'm like, how do I pick? So, like, I asked you what your favorite food was, coffee and you cake. said coffee cake. I'll remember dude, that. I so. saw it, too. Have <laughs> me on any time, man. Have me on any time. I love it. Sweet. Appreciate right. it, dude. Peace out, man. Peace. See all right, Josh, you're still here with us. We're going to let you sit around for a little bit if you want to, or you can take off. Which would you rather? Oh, he's frozen. He's, oh, there he is. Did he do the Ricky Wysocki? He did the Ricky Wysocki. Oh, yeah, he's muted. Josh? You did the Ricky Wysocki. You're mute. Like, as in, like, oh, you're going to have to close out and come back. Close out the link and then come no, back. He really socky yeah, bombed he, he this, socky. Hear you. Yeah. this okay. appearance. That's really interesting little glitch that that has. When they yeah. close out and come back, <laughs> it does that. Okay. Um... That was fun. It was a different night for us. We don't have that every week. That is more of our it's casual a nice night. Chill night. Mm -hmm. So let's do with this. an interview too. Yeah, with an interview with too. An awesome. Interview. The interview was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Okay. Yes, you're back. I don't know what's up with that. Sick. Did your alarm go off too, or was it notification, or what was that? Nothing. No, I actually silenced all my notifications. I saw. I saw your phone. Like it was going like white, as in like you weren't here, and then it would pop back up. So I'm not sure what was causing that. But okay. Um. Let's make this a simple con. Do you want to stick around for the last bit of the show, Josh? Or you got somewhere? Yeah, to be? brother. Okay. Absolutely. All right. By the way, everyone, I'm sure everybody that listens here is already subscribed over there. But if you're not, go check out Overthrow. I just told my wife two days ago, like, my boys better be watching this YouTube channel because they need to get better. <laughs> but in all seriousness, go subscribe over there, everyone. Um, he's you're. You're that's you in the chat, right? You're often in the chat talking. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's a fan of the Nick and Matt show, and we are a fan of true this. fan, my man. All right, so these my are some man. of the topics to close out with. <clears throat> Ricky already talked about it, and I put him. It wasn't a big spot to put him, but like, hey, if Simon wins USDGC, like, is he the player of the year? And he said, "Yep." And he even said, "If Paul wins, is he?" I'll have to go back and listen. Did he say yes, Paul would be, or he's like, hey, now he's in the conversation? No, I think I think he said it <laughs> no, he when he say. when he okay. talks about Paul. He said USCGC and Pro Tour Championships. So I'm I'll curious to if look at that back. maybe I'll have to look at that back. But the point is, there's a storyline for whoever wins. So I, we can kind of go around here, round robin a little bit, and just say, yeah. in your mind, in Stat Mando, we don't need all the stats. Okay, we, <laughs> in your mind, I know it's hard to do. If Paul wins, is he player of the year? I'm only saying for USDGC. I'm not talking about both. We're just talking USDGC. Is Paul player of the year if he wins USDGC? We'll start with you, Evan. Yes, I think so. All right. and nope, yeah, nope, nope. That's it. all my answer. <laughs> nope, nope, that's it. Evan's like, come on, please. He's let like, me let me pull up my stuff. Did you check out, you checked out um, Alden Harris' vlogs where uh, Gannon Burr like, impersonated you? Yeah, I yeah, of course. I thought it was hilarious. It's yeah, so thanks, funny. Ben, for doing it. So, anyways, that's what I'm imagining now. You're sitting there and you're like just wanting to like type into the screen. <laughs> okay, it, it's not far off. Yeah, I, I mentioned it last week. Everybody, go check that out. Alden Harris vlogs. They recommended people check us out. We're doing the same for them, but they did an in studio mock like their own show, and it was pretty funny. Okay, um, so Nick, what do you say? Yes or no? Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm gonna clip it. Yeah. You said it just enough. I can clip it and send you know, it to Paul. Someone would literally clip it and like <laughs> that's where they would stop it. But yeah, I think if he wins USCGC, absolutely. Okay, I agree. I don't think it's like a landslide, but I think it is. No, uh, I think there's a ton of people having incredible years this year. Okay, if Ricky wins, oh, oh sorry, Josh, you're a part of this conversation. It was, I'm it, with you. If Paul wins, I think he's the best player this year. Can I modify the question slightly? Is it only a win that does that? If somehow, some way, Ricky and Simon place out of top 30 or 20 and Paul's like fourth or second, does that change anything for you? Let's go second. He doesn't win, but he played it into a playoff and he lost. Like, does that change it? What do you think, Evan? Can we bring the tour championship into this conversation? No. Or are we still pretending that doesn't exist? Doesn't exist. We're not, because I want to get there when we get there. I'm talking the scenario yeah. to the point of I, USDGC. Like, what would we say after that? I say no, Paul is not leading. I would still have Ricky as the best player this year if none of them win, even okay. if Paul finishes second. Paul goes to the playoff, though. He made a, a statement, man. I'm there. I just didn't pull yeah. it off, but doesn't, they, they, they placed win. outside top 30. Okay. Pa Paul's going to feel the same way, too. He didn't win. True. Do we all agree with that? Anybody disagree? You feel like, no, that would be a big enough statement? I, I think there would be more of an argument. Yes. I want to say. I'd say I disagree, but yeah. Because be, I also think, yeah. like, uh, Ricky's obviously had a very consistent year. He won the tour point point tour, jeez, the pro tour points. But I mean, it literally came down to the 18th hole at MVP Open. It's not like Paul's having an inconsistent year in one world. You know, he still he has just doesn't have as many wins. As many, yeah, yeah. exactly. So what but if Simon? Can I flip this a little bit? Exact same scenario, but it's Simon who goes to the playoff, gets second place, and Paul and Ricky place outside of top 20. It, does Simon get now the lead for that? I think that's even, <laughs> Evans typing even bigger I, argument. Uh, I got, I'm looking up Simon's USDGC. USDGC. I, that's so hard to say. First of all, I'm just saying, like, way. I'm giving scenarios where, like, our po but their possibilities. Matt, Matt is the biggest fan of what okay. ifs. There's in possibilities. Any, like, out of any people that. that I know, Matt is just like, <laughs> what if Paul played left-handed? Got 10, and Ricky played right-handed and got 30. This show wouldn't exist. What happens? This show wouldn't exist without that personnel. It wouldn't exist. I think if if Simon wins USDGC, it's it's hard to argue elsewhere. Otherwise, like, I no, I'm not saying he I, wins it. I'm just saying again, like none of them get the win. Oh, is my oh, point. Oh. If Simon finishes second, I'm saying if none I, of them get the win, technically no okay. one would advance I, in that Player of the Year. But I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to say a second place is better than like someone placing outside if, of top 20. Yeah, if Simon finishes second, I still have Rick with the edge. Okay. Um, they both have four wins, but I'll get to that in a second. But because like Simon's been much more inconsistent this year as far as he said it himself. He's either winning or coming in 30th. Uh, coming in second would add to his podium total. He has a few others like DDO I know of. I think Jonesboro, he might have been up there. Uh, it gives him more. Than I think Paul, because Paul's already been consistent. Like it's not really something to put it over the edge, I guess. Uh, but I still say no. Um, but what I do want to say is, as purely from a player of the year standpoint, Ricky's wins are a lot tougher wins than Simon's has been. Besides Maple Hill, um, a lot of Simon's wins were with lesser fields. I mean, the, the West Coast swing he won too, which they're still elite wins. They're still very notable. Uh, those elite wins are worth more than less wins like i think paul Macbeth, um but it does say something where ricky's been winning these 
these really big events that have been some of the top tier ones, uh, even though they haven't been majors for both of them. Do you think then, Nick, this is my what if, nobody wins out of them, then everything stays the same is what you're saying. If nobody wins. So it doesn't matter. As long as nobody wins, Rick wins is what you're saying. And I'm like, I'm having a hard time believing that if someone places second, and Ricky bombs his worst event of the season that you can't say, well, that's a, that's a technically credit towards that player. I mean, I think if Paul got second at USCGC this year and Ricky got even like 12th yeah. or 10th or 11th, that's or what I'm saying. Even like seventh or eighth, I think I would still argue that I'd have to look at it, like legitimately look at it. But here, here's my question really quick. Who, who this year has won a tournament that's been a fluke? Like seriously, as we're eight or hold Las Vegas. No, I'm kidding. No, yeah. Who's who's won a tournament this year that like they only won one? I'm just messing around. That's where the fluke. I think the like fluke as in season not not fluke, but like like, one person. Like he won one event this year. I can think of two off the top of my head. One of them being Gibson, Isaac Robinson, Bradley Williams. Um, I mean, where did Brad win? Oh, Brad won preserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean. I feel like Chris Dickerson only won one elite or major, which was the the major. He won uh-huh. two silvers too. Uh-huh. I mean, Garrett Gerthy won a silver and just like a good one at that being Beaver State. State. Yeah. So uh, this so is there have been a lot of one time winners. I think the only multiple well, ones have been Paul, Ricky, uh, Simon, and uh, Calvin. Right? Calvin. So this is my thing. When we keep bringing up field of strength, and it's like all of a sudden that became the only topic that like determines. If you won the tournament, like more often than not, if you look at all of those tournaments, I would say the top 30 players in the world were at each one of those tournaments for the most part, minus two or three, maybe, except for European Open. Well, well, here's my argument is like Portland Open. Ricky was injured. He wasn't there. Chris Dickerson uh-huh. didn't make the trip. Uh-huh. I mean, it was in Paul's terrible stretch of the season, although uh-huh. that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Strength. Yeah. Um, the Eagle was injured. So you have all these players who weren't there where then if you compare like a champions cup, for instance, uh-huh. like that win that Chris, Chris Dickerson had, not only was it a major, it was incredibly impressive because Eagle was, I mean, playing not, yeah. maybe not the most healthy Ricky was playing, you know, Paul Macbeth was, you know, playing great, you know, like all these players were like there. My, my question present. is how much difference was Waco to, De, uh, to Des Moines or how much of a difference was Des Moines to Ledgestone? Or Ledgestone to Jonesboro. You know what I'm I talking about? Like how, when you talk about similar, yeah. when you talk about literally the top thirty to forty people in the world, a majority of them played every single one of those events. Like I said, minus two to three. And so we talk about how Ricky's wins have been harder in a sense than uh Simon's. But at the same time, I mean no, it can't be by that much. Like we're talking about the few people this year who are one-time winners. Yeah, like, to, Ricky, to Ricky's about, point I, earlier, the fields are all pretty much the same nowadays. Yeah, like yeah, I think my point though is if you have Ricky and Simon who both have four, mm-hmm. like what else is the separator? You can argue consistency and then also strength of those wins, which I think Ricky beats Simon in both of those. He's been much more consistent this year. Has a lot more top tens. I mean, podiums, literally any other metric you use. Um, and then his field of strength for those wins was also stronger. Yeah. So what's Simon's case to get over Ricky? They a have ma- the same amount major. of wins. Like what else? A major. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like or if they win, if, win. if Simon wins like, USTGC, yes. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't care for, like I care for it. And I know it's a legitimate thing, the field of strength. But consistency, I think, matters a lot more. I mean, that it, it obviously matters to Ricky more too. Consistency European is what's giving Open. him European Open. Okay, 
the the field's strength there, the strength of field was, it was arguably right, Statmando. It wasn't that great, but it was like a good silver series. Okay, yeah. so like that. So Eagle winning that is a major status, but it you had, but that's what I'm saying. Like you had, you probably had the top ten players in the world who had legitimate chances at winning that, except for maybe Chris Dickerson, who didn't go over there. Other than that, I bet you players one through ten were all at that event. And the only two players that really were in contention to win it were Eagle and Paul. Like, this is, I don't know, like, I don't know. So, Josh, I, if you have something, go for it. He's yeah, just nodding his head. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think, to your point, Nick, is right now what you're doing when you're determining strength of field is you're waiting paul ricky these people that we've seen on tour a lot higher than the new guns on tour a lot mm -hmm. higher than a gannon or an isaac even though these guys are out playing like gannon mm -hmm. gannon outplayed a bunch of these guys on tour like him being there adds to field strength mm -hmm. and i think it's just harder for us to look at the newer field and be like oh okay these guys i mean like when we're in tennis when we look at alcaraz it's like this kid's got it and nadal and djokovic and fed Sorry, Fed. Yeah, no, um, retired. They're on the way out, right? So there's a point where it swaps, and I think yeah. we're kind of in this emotional state where it's like, oh, Federer's the goat, like, oh, tennis won't. But it's like really, um, Alcaraz, Center, Rudd, all these new guys are like Robinsons, Burr, um, all these younger guys, um, Rathbun, are coming in and they are bringing a huge quality to the field. That's just everyone's monsters right now. And it, we just yeah. wait in our minds, the people who are more consistent because they've been playing on the tour for so long. Okay. Now I'm going to devil's advocate with it. So we've talked about this kind of like I just a jumped on your side, Nick. Well, like kind of, I mean, <laughs> I'm just messing yeah. with you, bro. no, I get it. Like the young guns coming up on the tour are doing incredible, but this is also one of the things like, I don't think we're within the next four years. I don't think we're going to see a changing of the tides. I think Paul, Ricky, Eagle, Simon, who are older Eagle, not as much, but Simon, Paul and Ricky are a little bit older than most of the people that are playing on the tour right now. When we talk about the young guns, but I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. And then my, another thing I was kind of, I forget who I was talking to this about, but if you look at Gannon Burr, for now, how long he's been playing pro, I think at what age he's at right now, too. You know, we kind of keep hyping up this massive career of Gannon. And I think Gannon is an incredible player, and he's really fun to watch. And he's a little slow. We all make fun of him for it in a fun way. He makes but fun actually, of himself. Yeah, <laughs> I actually love watching his game. Um, but if you look at it, I think at this point, when Will Shushik was that same age, he was already doing better than what Gannon is doing right now. Granted. Right, but he got fourth on Pro Tour points, right? Gannon did. Wasn't yeah. Wasn't Gannon fourth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, so if we're talking yeah. about over the year, that's a pretty big win for these guys to beat Gannon mm -hmm. if he's consistent. If he like averages fourth. Yeah, his consistency top ten wise this year, and Calvin as well. Yeah, Calvin. Yeah, no, Gannon was third, wasn't he? No, he no, Gannon was fourth, and then Calvin, Calvin was third. Was third and Gannon was yep. fourth, Calvin I was think. Third. Yep, those are the only so players averaging puts better. Them up at the top quality, yep. right? Because they showed consistency. Even Gannon. Yeah, I don't know how far he's going to go, but for sure. I think at any quality. late series event, for the most part, the field of strength, although it is different, don't get me wrong. A majority of times that an elite series event is played, there's multiple people who can win it now, 
which is why I think consistently playing well at those events is what kind of is really drawing me to it. I mean, Paul, I think got top 10 or top 12 at the first major of the year, but then got second at the third, second major, and then got first at the third major. Mm -hmm. He's got an elite series win at Waco. And then I think an A tier, I don't think he has any other wins besides that, but he's consistently playing well with a fluke of a tournament once or twice this year, maybe one out of cash, but I mean, Ricky won Ledgestone and then miscashed at Des Moines the week after with arguably is what we're saying, a lighter field of strength. You know what I mean? So he played worse at the softer <clears throat> field of strength. If I'm saying that correctly, can we just agree that they, whoever needs to win USDGC does it? Cause I mean, that's what we're saying is like, it, that's where it lies right now. Um, I could come up with a million what if scenarios that are really exciting, but I'm going to hold off on that for now. We're going to, yeah. Okay, fine. Well, <laughs> if we say the same, here it is. You said do it. <laughs> if we see the same oh. battle, the same battle that we saw out of Eagle and Paul at the European Open, let's say Eagle and Paul did that at USDGC. I know Eagle's not there, but let's say they did that, right? They stood out way far and above the whole field, just them. And I, again, Ricky and the rest and uh, Simon, they don't place well at all. I mean, it's hard to not go, Paul way outplayed them, right? Or again, that's the only way Paul gets it this year is if he does something spectacular, mm -hmm. wins it or does something amazing. Um, Ricky's kind of coasting a little bit here. As long as no one else gets the win, he probably gets it. And Simon probably needs a win to be able to get that nod. I think we all agree for the most part on that. Let's move it to FPO. Is there anything Wait, that can be done? I gotta cut you off really quick. I don't know why I'm saying field of strength. We've I'm been supposed laughing. to be saying strength of field. I don't know why I'm You're doing messing that. us so, all up because we're all saying it. Too. Yeah, I don't know why I thought it was that. So Steve and everyone else, I apologize. I don't know why I was saying that instead of strength of field, which I don't know why I keep like. Uh, I don't know. What am I supposed to be saying? Strength. Please stop strength. saying field of strength. Strength of field or field strength. Okay. Like think the words field of strength. Like that doesn't. It does. You're not yeah, saying no. When I was saying it, strength. it sounded good, but now that I'm saying it again, <laughs> it, good. it sounds awful. It sounded good to me too, guys. You know what? Too many sour patch. I've been up since four this morning. My bad. All right. But well, anyways, I know we're about to move on, FPO. but just yeah. to just to Nick's point, uh, running it for the tour season this year, um, the only of uh, two events with all ten top ten players at that week going into the event was uh, Worlds and Champions Cup. I mean, with Eagle missing most, that kind of makes sense. That's some of the only few events he's played. But then also with Chris Dickerson missing some, European Open uh, had seven um, top 10 players. So it's missing three. I mean, like Gannon Burr didn't go over mm -hmm. as well. Dickerson didn't go over. Um, like, even though it was those two, like Gannon Burr could have been right up in there. He mm -hmm. could have been third and only four strokes behind. Like, there's all that possibility. I mean, if you look at, like, the, even the top 50 players, there's a pretty notable gap. I mean, 48 of the top 50 <laughs> players were at Worlds. Um, the next closest event was Champions Cup and Ledgestone with 43. So that's five players in the top 50. I know you could argue those kind of bottom ones might not do stuff, but, like, like still, I think that is notable. And then if you compare to European Open, only 21 of the top 50 players were there. So half the amount of top 50 <laughs> players, um, which if this season has showed anything, it's that, yeah, we can have players win who are maybe the 20th or 30th best in the world. Yeah. So when you have all these different level events, are, for example, are all the majors worth the like if first place MPO at all the majors worth the same amount of points? Uh, it depends on the system. Like Pro Tour points and UDISC oh, will have them Stat all worth the same. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, for our ranking system at Stat Mando, we yep. do uh, 
field of strength. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, strength of field. <laughs> field of strength. Time, Sorry. Heart, we do, we do the strength of fielder. Actually, we call it field strength. Jeff but. Wachowski. Is it Robin Hood Men in Tights? The movie quote that you did? All right. Back to you, Evan. Okay. Josh, to your... <laughs> to, yes, but to your point, Josh, yes. I mean, realistically, all the majors are weighted the same. Now, there are yeah. different systems out there. And I'm sure, like, they're starting to incorporate media votes and everything into committee votes to figure out players of the year. They're starting to do all that stuff. But to this point, it has been weighted the same. Um, but we, before we carry that conversation on further, we have to take a break here, and we have to say thank you to Hempfield Botanicals. Hempfield Botanicals, the salve. I got it right. See, the salve. It's in this little container. You can get a big container, but I don't like to store it on my desk, the big container comes in a beautiful little box like this let's see if i can get to focus Ooh, there it is uh it says on it live better naturally it's hemp based cbd this is your muscle recovery little pump bottle and i use this after a round just generally in the joints and the places where your arms might hurt probably bad form right josh i mean <laughs> or is it just lack of playing what do you think hey uh there is serious overuse issues in our sport that just aren't addressed. So if so, you're hurting somewhere, you know, get it fixed up. We'll, we'll it's probably the... not a bad idea. Um, I'm not a PT, go consult someone. Yeah. But uh, get it fixed up and then go look at your form. To oh, make I was sure going to say. Or just it's keep... not a form issue causing it. He, he's saying the truth. The reality is, though, if you are hurting, just slather on some of this Hempfield CBD product and you'll feel better. <laughs> you might have to keep using it because your form is bad to his point. So get that fixed, too. So uh, go check it out at Hempfield Botanical. What am I hearing dinging, Ben? I'll try and charge my phone. Oh, okay. Hempfieldbotanicals.com. Uh, yeah, use code Nick and Matt. Code Nick and Matt's going to get 20% off. Hurry quick. Don't know how long this deal is going to last. Again, hempfieldbotanicals.com. Let's move the conversation to FPO. On to the FPO because side. Is there, Tatar. Is there anything that can sway the conversation? We're, we lost Josh now. Ben. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm still here. Okay. Is there anything to sway? You are. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Kristen <clears throat> from not receiving player of the year. And again, we're just going to go to, let's open it up for this one. Let's open it up. It could Paige win both USDC and the Pro Tour finale, and would she be the winner? I don't know. How's the rest of our year been going? Oh, you tell me. I don't know. I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> How do you feel as a fan? I feel like Kristen is just above everyone by a mile as a fan. Even if Paige wins out, would that be like a recency bias? I still will. All right, so throw pink's not a major. Right. That's another okay. conversation. That's another conversation. I know. Mm -hmm. Um, with the Pro Tour Championships being kind of a different format. I don't hold the Pro Tour Championships in this like massive high regard of like it's a beyond elite event because of the way that it's set up and the way that the format is. I think the format, I mean, I, I think it's enjoyable to watch. And I think um, Nathan Queen's win last year at it was pretty incredible, the kind of Cinderella story of it. But mm -hmm. so throw pink, not being a major, um, but being... <coughs> In a lead event, I mean, to be honest, all the best FPO players, I feel like, are playing that event. And then for the Pro Tour Championships, even if she won back-to-back, -back, I mean, Kristen would have to get 80th and 80th 
for me to feel like she doesn't deserve player of the year. And this it year. wouldn't, it would have to be from not a fluke. Like it would have to be yeah. like, she actually played bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the worst she can finish at the tour championship is oh, I think, good point. Like, yeah, because she, she's got top four locked and then yep. there's four coming in. I would assume maybe there's eight. All right. Freaking stack guy here. Didn't you know, Paige last year, Paige <laughs> last year in like her third or second round played her worst round of her life last year. Yeah, I, I I remember doing a bunch of stats about that. I can't remember them exactly. It was, I think, the worst or the like the largest gap from good round to really bad round of her career. Um, it was bad, maybe ever, and it was like one of the first times she was ever outside the top twenty uh, after a round in FPO. Like it, it was unfortunate. But what what I'll say is we we've actually have come to the end of the uh, elite standard elite series and major season for FPO. Uh, the tour championship, I think winning it is a, um, it, a kind of an iconic thing. It is a really good win, but it's really tough to kind of pull the rest of the stats from it, as in like your podiums, top tens, you know, po- like like podium percentage. Uh, Kristen Tatar is 100% of the year. I think that's locked in and solid because the tour championship, you just start with buys and all this stuff. Like, like I said, I don't think she can finish worth an eighth or is it 12th. So to me, that doesn't really tell a good story if you finish, you know, top 20 because she's mm-hmm. got that lock. She's a no, no effort. Uh, it's it's a non-standard, but it is a good thing to win. But with that saying, she's only the ninth FPO player to ever have 100% podiums with at least five starts in a season. Like ninth player ever. But first hold on. Since Katrina but Allen hold on. A minute ago, lack like, of wins didn't that, mean anything. Now finishing on a podium means something? I, I'm just saying it's a really iconic season for that. Uh, okay. I know there's going to be the argument as if it's the best season ever. I'm not trying to get into that from an FBO player. Um, but her wins, she's tied with Paige. They're both at five, I believe. Um, wow. And... And so the standard elite series and major season's done. So to me, it's kind of hard to pass that. So now we're looking at other things. But for the player of the year, you're going to think of more than that. So if Paige does win throw pink, which also, as far as uh, strength of field goes, uh, is going to be one of the best FPO events of the year. And then you go to tour championship, which will have the biggest payout of the year. If Paige does win those back-to-back, I think it sets up a really good argument, and it might it might give her the edge, but I personally think that Kristen Tatar has it locked up. I mean, first of all, winning back to back here would be uh, a monumental, uh, whatever you want to call it to end the season. I'm not really good with words, but uh, it, I think it's unlikely. And I think it's all but locked up for Kristen Tatar. I mean, again, she hasn't missed the podium this year. I, I would assume that she's going to keep up at least a solid finish. And I think top five is almost guaranteed from her. The strength of field when page one could be arguably that Kristen wasn't there for a good handful of those, I think. So like you have that That's too. absolutely valid. So to, to everyone asking why we still haven't had Kristen on the show, I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you this right now. Kristen is actually one of my closest friends in disc golf. Now her silver Katie, the Estonians that travel together are incredible people, but they are literally so busy. It is actually really hard to lock down a time with them. Well, and we, I'll go one step further. I actually contacted yeah, her this week. Exactly. Like we reach out and try to get a time that works. The other thing is, is that like she may have a day that works, but that's a day that it's awful for Matt, Ben or I or Evan. Like it's it's sometimes it's literally just our schedules have collided in the worst possible way. But believe me, we desperately I will bring Kristen's Pro Tour Championships <laughs> trophy to the show when she comes on because it's sitting in my room in massachusetts right now 
So anyways, uh, we desperately want her on. It's going to be a little bit. She honestly yeah. had so much success and was able to be lined up by newspapers and news channels and everything under the sun that quite frankly, she'd like to focus on her last events and not yeah. sit down and talk more. We have never been in her. Well, we talk every week, but most people have never been in her situation where they're constantly being interviewed. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine answering the same questions. Over, over and, and over, over for yeah. hours at a time. So we we ask the same questions over and over and over. But I'll say this also: like we're talking about, it's the end of the year for the season. They have two more big events. We'll say. Um, so maybe after that, we'll definitely try to get her on. But it it has been literally just the worst possible timing that it just hasn't worked out right now. But I just want to tell everyone we have tried probably like four or five times now recently as well like even more so recently apparently we're not doing just, good enough no it's just i mean no like i said bad timing yeah it's just it's yeah exactly it's up to the players that are able to make it and they're busy so bingo cool um we've done a lot of talking tonight and we had an interview and we had stat or fiction we had judge that disc golfer we had josh from overthrow and we had some humorous moments that i won't forget for a while i'm gonna definitely watch josh, it back right after yes. this um all i can say is we have a lot more that we could talk about it was an off week and if we can do this in an off week imagine what we can do after usdg yeah right so all right, we're going to catch back up. Uh, we have the Pro Tour finale coming up after that, too, at Nevins, and that's going to be an interesting thing to review. Um, but Is there any coverage of Nevins? So I've actually heard it's a fun course, really wooded. Yeah. Um, I don't I'm know curious if there's, if there's coverage. Sure there if anyone knows if there's coverage on it, leave it in the comments. Would appreciate it. I'd love to look it up. Check out our uh, front nine, back nine I mentioned earlier. If you just want to see how bad I played and how bad Nick. I think we all kind of played. Evan actually murdered it the first like seven holes yeah. of the front nine. Yeah. And then I. And then my stopped. guy duped me on the back nine. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, got, you are with not the wrong. But People I was going to say. Asking yeah. for you as DGC so predictions. No. We're not doing it. We, oh, you. No, we can do that really quick. Do it. We're so late. US DGC predictions. Paul McBeth. And for throw pink, Kristen Tatar. I have no picks. If you want to give them, you can, Josh. Or Josh, Evan. he's going to pick a tennis um, player. Watch him. Yeah, yeah. Kristen for for sure. Um, let me think about the courses real quick. Super Open Bombers. Lots Missy, of OBs. Missy Gannon, Wild Horse. Um, yeah, I mean, Paul's, I think Paul's got a good shot. I, I'll... <laughs> I'm just going to go back-to-back -back bold here. I'm going to go Isaac Robinson. Whoa. He's played well here. He like It used to be the, like, the only Elite Series major he would play each season. He would make a trek out there. He knows the course. He's been playing it for like a decade, even though he's only been touring for a season or two. So I'm going him. That's I Nothing to back it up. Just let's go Isaac. Probably uh, not Kyle Klein, but I'm going to throw out and, a few. Calvin Heimberg. And, in FPO, I'm going Val Mandohano. Remember, she was leading pick. late into it yep. last year. Uh, I think 17 bit her, if I remember correctly, uh, and Missy came away with it. Uh, she's cooled off a bit since a really mm -hmm. great start to the season, but I'm going Val. Let's see it. I'd give Holland second. Ooh, I like that pick. Let's go. I think you need a forehand. I think you need distance on both sides. Mm -hmm. Overstable plastic. <laughs> I th yeah, you're rewarded for 
not going OB. So if you're aggressive, you better be really playing well. If you're not aggressive, that's where you can kind of show up and snag the win. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm thinking it's it's getting harder and harder and harder to make picks. Like if you went into a PGA event and you're like, I'm going to pick who wins. I mean, there's a handful of players that would be good guesses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's where we're yeah. getting to a little bit. That's why yeah. I'm like, listen, like we can all say Paul McBeth. Uh, all right. But. Who's the picks? I. I also want to Calvin say I'm Heimberg. super excited. Okay. Let's go. I'm excited to see Kristen Tatar play these courses or mm-hmm. this course. It's one course. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, she has not played Winthrop ever. Um, she's played U.S. Women's when it wasn't here, but she's never played Throw Pink because um, it was 2020. And then last year she couldn't make it because of travel issues. Um, and she's just really clinical at just placement shots great shots but keeping it inbounds it's kind of what she's excelled at you know this like whole she's a pretty good putter year. too yeah you know, a pretty good forehand are you player kidding me? yeah pretty like, good backhand she, player she's got all the skills and this just like Did pretty well this course world. is so detrimental yeah. uh to like every little mistake and she's great at just not making mistakes in these types of courses it'll be it'll be yeah. fun to watch or we'll get to see her just somehow not be able to do it and she'll look human again i don't know yeah, it's hard to bet on Paige right now, but there's always that potential if she shows up and is just mm-hmm. there. But she's talking about a little bit of like lack of that fire right now, so we'll see. All right, is that all of our picks, Ben? In turn, Ben, I'm gonna have to go. Matteo, Gannon Burr, Gannon Burr. Let's go. He said he was confident, so all right, that he could. Well, think. I guess what about he FPO? Is? All right. they're all um, confident. In FPO, you have to pick someone who at least won an event this year. Won an event this year. Yeah. Um, you could go on Scoggins. I'm not going to say no to that. Your mom. No, I'm kidding. Um, Excuse me. Got him. <laughs> uh, I, I did say you could pick on Scoggins, but that's. Um, I don't know. Paige. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think that legitimately brings us to the end of the show, but I'm going to give one last shout out really quick. And he fell asleep tonight because he's a young lad. But Grayson Moore mm. came up to me yesterday after my round and small little kid. Awesome. He was drawing tickets for the raffles. He was hanging out. His parents were there. They came up to me. They watched the show religiously every single week. He was just the nicest kid and they wished me good luck. They said the show was awesome. So I 100% said that tonight i was going to give him a shout out i meant to do it earlier when i was talking about the tournament but we kind of got right into ricky's interview anyways grayson moore you're the man and i can't wait to see you next time you and your family up in the new hampshire area so keep up the good work grayson i have a son named grayson as well yep he's awesome awesome. i wrote his name down and everything just to make sure so but i saw his mom message as well but anyways everybody Josh, josh josh any closing thoughts for the whole thing uh I've got a lot, but I don't think we can get... Okay, I'll streamline it. <laughs> I think discussion's really hard if you don't have consistent points determining world rankings because then your field of strength <laughs> is uh, determined by who shows up or not, and then you gatekeep who shows up. If it's a thousand-point tournament, you have to have X amount of points on tour to get there. I know we're headed that direction, you know. And then go down the ladder, and you can only get in if you got a certain amount of points. And now you can look at the tournaments and say, "Hey, we only had four of the top ten guys show up. Not that good of a tournament." But until then, man, sucks. Suck. Let's let's keep talking. Another hour. No, I, I we're done. 
we're done. But that was good. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll do it again and we'll make it more formal where we're actually having on Josh from Overthrow for Josh for Overthrow. We could talk about stuff. But like we were glad to have you on in this guest role to judge the disc golfer tonight. So thank you very much. Oh, I'm always happy to <laughs> poorly Please. judge disc golfers. This is go. what it's like, by the way, to be upgraded from the chat room to the coverage. It's like <laughs> you get to say stuff you want. They're 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 yeah. arguing about something in there tonight because you're not yeah, there to they, hold it they, down. They were so. arguing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, they always everybody. argue. Right? That's part of the fun. Your chat always argues. Everybody. That's why it's so lively in there. I mean, I'm always in there too. I know. It's, it's a fun time. It's a just yelling at people across the keyboard. Uh -huh. I have finally tennis. understand like what our commenters on our channel, those like guys Daniel from get Texas. Us, like Daniel from Texas beefed with Josh. It was lovely to see. Daniel. We're, all right. Here <laughs> we go. Close anybody. Anyways. Oh, Daniel. Oh, I know yeah. him. Oh, I know. Your profile picture looks like this. <laughs> all right. <laughs> go ahead. Anywho, we're gonna end it now. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in tonight. It was an awesome night having Ricky on as a guest. Covered some great topics. I think there's still so much debate going around on who's going to be the player of the year in the MPO and FPO division. Not so much the FPO, I don't think, in my eyes. But anyways, <laughs> thank you once again. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Tell someone you love them this week. See you in the next one. I get the last love word. You, I love USDGC being at the same venue every year. Not that it, I love that venue, but I love the fact you that you would the say that at nine eleven at night. Anyways, and yes, you just made Daniel smile in the chat, and you're awesome, Ben. You're awesome, Nick. You're awesome, Evan. Thanks, Josh, for coming on. You're awesome. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Thanks, guys. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.